1: rise and grind ladies and gentlemen it's about to get bumpy time to attack and dominate this is morning juice with brandon beam and bobby carpenter and here
2: we go on a thursday attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m every single weekday morning right here on the fam brandon beam the general bobby carpenter and our man bodie doing an elegant job filling in for our man mark the shark who's
3: vacationing
2: this week general great to talk to you on a thursday bud what's happening
3: Oh, it's great to talk to you, Beam. Uh, big time Thursday here, coming off some NBA Finals. You're getting paid to do what you'd love to do the most, Oh yeah, watch golf. And so I know that you're super juiced about that and very excited about what's going on across the pond. So you know what? It's a nice little Thursday here. Hopefully the weather's good today and the rest of this weekend. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how that goes. But man, I'm pumped. Thursday's like the first unofficial weekend day to me, Beam. Well, I mean, it's I- also a get-out-of-town Thursday for you today, General. It is, you know, getting a chance to go head up tonight to Gr. That's Grand Rapids to see my brother. That's what he calls it. I guess that's what the cool kids refer to. <laughs> it as, heading so. up to the great Gr, baby. Yeah, western Western corner of Michigan over there. So uh, go t- see him, check him out, see what's going on up there. Have some meetings and then. Uh, Get a chance to cruise on back here and still have a nice little uh, Friday night, hopefully.
2: Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Hopefully uh, everything goes well for you today. Uh, it is Open Championship. We'll make sure
3: it does then, beam All right, yes, I will. This I is w- going to be the biggest part of it.
2: I, I will oversee that, Bob, uh, and we will try to shepherd you to 9 a.m. and make sure that we still have our jobs tomorrow. I think that's the goal uh, every single day uh, that we get on here. Open Championship Day, uh, first day of it. It's first time in, Bob's 725 days uh, we have had an Open Championship. Remember last year it was the only major championship that was cancelled. Uh, you ended up playing the PGA Championship of course. You got the US Open in uh, and you got a Fall Masters in which Dustin Johnson took home the green jacket. Uh, I was actually doing some research on this so let alone the, the worldwide travel. This is the biggest international event in golf. Uh, let alone that Bob, they were scared to move the Open Championship back because of the sunlight in England because uh, the interesting thing and the very unique thing uh, about the Open Championship uh, over in England, Scotland, Northern Ireland where they play it. Is that they don't do it like they do here in the states and on the PGA Tour? Usually, the first two rounds, Bob. It's you know you send you send groups off the first and the tenth tee, correct? Mm-hmm. Front uh, in the back beam. Yeah, exactly. Way you like it. Of course. I mean, it's the way everybody likes it, right? I mean, it's a creed of my life. But uh, so the Open Championship is different because they just send players. They send the threesomes off the first tee, regardless. Uh, so they don't use the tenth tee as a starting point. They send every single group off the first tee. So uh, this morning. Andy Sullivan and that group with Richard Bland went off at 1.30. Bob, their last tee time today isn't until 11.20. So, I mean, it's 10 hours of constant players every 10 minutes going off the first tee. And that's something I really enjoy about the Open Championship. Everybody plays it in the same, in the same sequence. And I think it's rather unique, and I, I love it.
3: Yeah, but I'd say it's not very efficient. Um, it's not. You
2: know, you're correct about that. It's not very efficient.
3: Yeah, you know, I think there's probably better ways to go about it. I mean, that's the front and the back, especially at the for, you, for the two opening rounds, beam to make sure you get them all in. There's so weather there's day you know daylight issues, obviously there. That's why we're better than the Europeans. We <laughs> figured out, hey, asset utiliza- utilization. How are we going to take this asset that we have called the golf course, mm-hmm. and instead of taking uh, an hour and a half to get to the back nine and then start using it. Uh, we're just going to start people off there, and so most, you know what? Why don't, they should just shotgun that thing. B. Oh, get sure. them all out there, yeah. fill up every hole. Shotgun Phil Nicholson, that stuff. You're, start, you're
2: number four B today. You're starting on four, and you're the second group off of number four. Nah, I don't
3: thing. know if four we need two. to go A and B with it. You know, <laughs> we could probably just uh, then have the next group come in and filter through. But um, yeah, I mean that's uh, the shotgun start. Probably not. Probably not done in England. I mean, their scrambles being probably take their golf outings take probably years because no one can ever get anything done. <laughs> well, that,
2: I think that is true. Another point, I mean, let alone this is the oldest major championship, of, of course, in the world, but uh, the way that Lynx style is usually played, Bob, so they, it's, traditionally... You have it's to an,
3: watch out for the cows in the field. Well, that I that is true.
2: Uh, you like to call it the cow pasture tournament. Uh, so what Lynx is, is, I mean, it's so they start near the clubhouse off number one and a traditional Lynx style golf course leaves the clubhouse and then comes back after number 10. So it's you Usually an out and back. Now it's a little bit different this week at Royal Saint George's. Was doing some research on the golf course. It's kind of like a figure eight. Uh, So kind of like Muirfield, right? You kind of have one nine-hole loop, and then you have you know ten through eighteen, and that's another nine-hole loop uh, right there. So it's kind of set up the same way as Muirfield Village right here in Dublin. But I don't know the logistics of actually starting people on the tenth tee. I mean, you literally have to drive through the golf course to be able to get them out there. So I don't know the logistic possibility of actually doing that. So you're
3: telling me a normal link-style golf course is like a giant circle, basically. Uh,
2: um, it's so it's it's like a link. It's like a chain link fence, Bob. Uh, you know where you literally just go out for nine holes. So whether that's downwind, into the wind, towards the ocean, and then you come back towards the clubhouse. So yeah, it's like, yeah, a straight so it's like line. it is yeah. a straight line,
3: correct? Life is a flat circle. That I like. I mean, what do you do with the turn beam? I mean, where do you get yourself a drink? Use the restroom? I mean, well, they might have. I'm sure they have. You know, halfway houses out there. Yeah, but I mean, you don't get the full glory of the clubhouse. No, you don't at all. It's, I feel like that's underutilized. I mean, that's an well, that's I like. I tell you
2: this, I like a separate turnstand from the clubhouse. I thoroughly yeah. enjoy that. I Those don't. I, are don't need, fine. I don't need to go back into the clubhouse or anything. I'm good after I've paid for my round. You know, said said what my What if you pace, left
3: something in the car?
2: Well, then you're in trouble. Then you just have to deal with it for the next four and a half, five hours.
3: It doesn't sound very good at all, Beam.
2: Well. That's just the way they do
3: it over there, Bob. No, well, that's why we're better than anyone.
2: <laughs> oh, it is amazing, man. Your Open Championship leaderboard right now. Brian Harmon, the Georgia Bulldog, actually four under through six holes, so he has taken a uh, a nice little uh, one-third of his round today, and he is doing great things. Andy Sullivan, Justin Harding, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, the Kent State kid, uh, three under par, Bob, and then Victor Hovland, nice little bounce back. He was two over through eight, and now he's two under uh, through 12, so doing great stuff. Uh, Jordan Spieth at two under par. He's on a par five right now. Keep you up to date. U.S. Open champion John Rahm just getting going. He's on hole number five. He is even par uh, through four holes, so keep you up to date with everything that is happening on the open championship did you dive into the nba finals last night bob watched it all Beam. okay all right steak so but we, we ate the frog and we got that yep. done
3: and i got work out. i felt terrible waking up this morning and i felt really bad because i was wanting the suns to win it's like it seemed like that thing was suns take the lead with about two and a half minutes to go and uh you know, crowder does a good job hits a shot i believe made a couple free throws mm-hmm. And then, you know, everyone wants to say, talk about Giannis. Chris Middleton's the one that's been closing that thing out for him. I mean, he was the one that hit the big shots down the stretch to make that thing. Bring in the wolf. To really bring in the wolf. I mean, you can't have Giannis with the ball in his hand late in the game because he's awful at the free throw line. And so if people feel like, okay, we'll just foul him. I mean, you know, he's shot better at, at, at different points during the series, but still, I mean... It's not like you're going to feel really confident. First of all, I love that Jeff Van Gundy pointed out last night. He like, why do they let him do that fake shot beforehand? See, they don't let anybody else do that stuff. Say toss him the ball. When he approaches the line, you toss him the ball. Uh, whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's hopeless. I mean, he was four for eight last night. It mm-hmm. felt like he missed more than that. But you can't have a guy like that on the line. But Chris Middleton coming up big. 40 points, plays really well. Holiday had some nice uh, free throws down the stretch as well. But they came back, beat the Suns. End up pulling away a little bit in the last minute. Now, we're, I mean, it's going to be a six-game series, and people said Suns in seven. Then you thought, oh, maybe it's going to be a sweep, and all of a sudden, Bucks get two at home, and they say the series doesn't start till someone wins wins one on the road. So we'll have to have to wait again to see if this series will kick off in Game Five. One
2: hundred nine, one hundred three, final score last night in Milwaukee. Like the general just mentioned, that series is tied up at two to piece right now. It is July fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. Time four today in history.
1: Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents today in history. history. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter.
3: All right, General, what's on tap for us today? Ooh, it is July fifteenth, one hundred ninety sixth day of the year. As we march towards two hundred, I mean, that's when we hit that two hundred mark, man. That's going to seem uh, seem fairly large, and we're approaching our one year anniversary as well. Of the yeah. Morning Juice. So,
2: man, we only got forty nine days left until the Buckeye football season kicks off.
3: Absolutely, which uh, is going to be exciting for everybody. They'll be starting camp here before you know it. Uh, this state 1870, the Reconstruction Era is beginning to come to an end as Georgia is the final state readmitted uh, to the Union after the Civil War. It's so fitting they, that a George Bulldog is leading the Open Championship then. It is. On this final day where they became uh, a state once again in the United States. I didn't realize that was the case. I mean, they had to apply for uh, readmission and I guess meet some qualifications or whatever I it would, I would imagine so. Pledge. Everyone had to say the Pledge of Allegiance yep. in the state, and then mm-hmm. uh, I guess we're good to go. So 1870, Georgia becomes the final state of the Confederacy, readmitted into the Union. Uh, this date, 1910, beam. Uh, a terrible disease, uh, cognitive brain disease that uh, you know is classified under the dementia category. Alzheimer's is first discovered and named by Emil Kraepelin. Um, a scientist who named it after, usually these guys name this stuff after himself, yeah. but he named it after his buddy, uh, Mr. Alzheimer, if you will. And uh, this date, what, 110 years, 111 years ago, uh, that was uh, discovered. And obviously they've done a lot to treat it since then, but still a lot that we do not know about the human mind. Uh, 2003. Beam, I mean, you're probably too young for this because, I mean, you were just a, a wee little lad when yeah, the internet time was...
2: in 2003, I would have been 11 years old.
3: Uh, so you might remember a little yeah. bit of it, but there was always the big battle between Microsoft Explorer, Netscape, Navigator, you know, Microsoft was building stuff into Windows, there was antitrust going on, there was all this craziness, I, mean, I didn't fully understand a lot of it uh, when things were happening in the mid-90s, but, you know, then there was the AOL Time Warner merger, which was supposed to be the be-all, end-all mergers, and used to get these unbelievable CDs, Beam, of 50 free hours of AOL. Only problem was there was like a long-distance phone call you had to make to California. So while you maybe got your free internet, you were paying exorbitant phone bills, and people didn't realize that and figure that out. Plus, it also tied up your phone line, which to think that that would be the case now, given the fact that your phone is a cellular device and few people have house phones, absolutely crazy I look on
2: the internet while talking on the phone.
3: Yeah, uh, on the same device. It's pretty amazing. Same device, exactly. And while videoing yourself, of course, I mean, that's you can do it all. While well on
2: Evil Bald Collins'
3: favorite websites. Well, yeah, that's a stream, so that's a little different than uh, just the normal is video. True. Well, I've got a webcam for that. Exactly, there's a webcam for that. <laughs> uh, but AOL, Time Warner, which was a huge merger, uh, uh, this band and, and this band Netscape Navigator, which was a big piece of them, and on that day Mozilla, Mozilla is founded. So. The Firefox stuff that people use today for browsing—that was uh, all started back in 2003. Some birthdays today: uh, former senator and governor of the Uni- of, uh, state of Ohio, uh, Mr. George Voinovich. Uh, happy birthday! And he passed away five years ago in 2016, but served the served uh, the state of Ohio for a number of years as both the governor and a senator. Uh, happy 70th birthday, Jesse the Body or Jesse the Mind Ventura. Uh, former governor of Minnesota, former pro wrestler, Beam. I mean, why not get it done and you know enjoy the stuff up there? Uh, happy birthday, 65th birthday to ESPN Hockey Analyst. And dude, you'd come on the show with Rothman and I fairly regularly. Uh, Beam, referred to one time as Larry by someone at the station, but his real name <laughs> is actually Barry. <laughs> Barry Melrose not Larry Melrose I think I know who you're talking about of course you do Mm. Uh, and upon that when he came on Jeff Thetoff actually called him Lawrence one time right? just to really play it up even more but happy 65th birthday (laughs) to the mullet himself Mr. Barry Melrose uh, happy 58th birthday to Bridget Nielsen. Who is that? you know who that is, Beam?
2: Uh, Bridget Nielsen, Bob. Uh, invented, inventor of the Nielsen ratings.
3: Well, that might be possible. I would have to ask her that if we ever had her come on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, but also, I, uh, famous actress um, and Ivan Drago's wife in Rocky IV, Olympics portraying the Olympic swimmer. Lawrence T. Nelson's granddaughter. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Why not? <laughs> Nielsen, Nelson, it's, all the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. Doesn't it, does it matter. And then a happy 31st birthday. Uh, got a big exhibition win yesterday for the United States. Uh, can't believe he's this old. Tim Hall's guy, Weaver State alum, uh, Mr. Damon Lillard. So, happy birthday, Damian Lillard, uh, right there, turning 31 years old. Uh, some holidays and observances today, Beam. It's Be a Dork Day. Yes. So, you know what? I mean, this might be your day. I'm not trying to put you in a box or anything, but if you feel like that applies to you, mm-hmm. You know what? Go for it. It's I Love Horses Day. Oh, I, by the way,
2: not my holiday. Horses terrify me.
3: You don't it's like a, horses? No, Why not?
2: No, they terrify me. They're huge, they're uncontrollable, yep. and I I, don't, I m- feel like they have some bad intentions. I feel like they can be very violent.
3: Um, can be, but I, I don't know if I would define them as uncontrollable considering they've been tamed for a long time. I mean...
2: That's what they want you to think until they take over, Bob. World takeover. I'm I'm pretty skeptical of the horses. I actually I I do have a rather stupid like phobia of horses. I can't I cannot be around them.
3: I mean, what's that called, Beam? I mean, if I have no. Here, cl-
2: I'm sure it's a thing. I mean, I'm sure it exists. You know, out there like a technical
3: term for it. Equinophobia. It equine could be. being yeah, the horse it could be. Yeah, equinophobia, extreme fear of horses.
2: But the thing is, like, I like to go to horse races. I like to watch them from a distance. I just don't like to be up close and personal with the horses. It you know is equinophobia. You're absolutely right. Oh, hundred
3: percent. I looked it up and yeah. it made perfect sense. They had a number in here, I was gonna say, eight maybe eight percent of people beam, I think. Share your uh, share your irrational fear. Treating equinophobia, one of the most effective therapies is cognitive behavior therapy. A form of psychotherapy that consists of changing the maladaptive thinking patterns of the phobic.
2: That sounds exactly right. Through this therapy, yeah.
3: individuals can learn to take an open, mindful, more aware posture and approach toward the object of their fear. In this case, horses. Beam. So that's. Uh, I think there is hope for you mm-hmm. to be able to get through this irrational fear of horses because, you know what, they're friendly little be- friendly beasts, beautiful creatures. Eight percent of people around the world suffer from that. All bean, right, so, so that's not as small of a percentage as I, w- I would think. Then I believe that's one twelfth of the population. So there you go. Are not getting? Are not saddling up and riding a horse? But George, uh, not George Washington. Um, John Wayne once said, uh, "Courage is being scared as hell and saddling up anyway." Mm. Bean, so let's think Me about and John that.
2: John Wayne, not the same guy.
3: <laughs> not not, not a, the not, same guy. Not a dude like John Wayne. Mm. Also, uh, it's I love horses day. Beam is not a fan of them, so unfortunately, would you take a carriage ride?
2: I would take. I would do the carriage ride. I'm not getting up on the saddle and actually riding a horse, though. I do the carriage ride. just But you fine. would take
3: advantage of the beast of burden pulling you, of course. From behind. Yeah, of course. I mean, didn't you just go out to the racetrack?
2: Yeah, and it was great because I didn't have to get up close and personal to these horses. Like I said You're- I love everything about horse racing. I don't like the actual
3: animals, though. Okay. All right. Well, Beam, you know what? It's also National Give Something Away Day. So Perfect. give something away. Give away your fears. Give away some love. Give away something physical, whatever it takes, Beam. Get it done. It's National Gummy Worm Day, which mm. sounds fantastic as well. You combo that with the National Tapioca, Tapioca Pudding Day, and that sounds pretty, pretty solid. Uh and orange chicken day. I have no idea whether that's some sort of dish that you eat or there's oh, actually orange chicken. Or- yeah, sure. I mean, I I know what that dish is. Well, yeah, I didn't I figured that was it. It doesn't yeah. say whether it's that or potentially just an orange chicken, but mm. uh, those are the holidays and observances, the birthdays, the historical events, all the happenings on July 15th, 196th day of the two thousand and twenty first year.
2: Very well done on that General. Big show for you today. Coming up here at about 20 minutes time, our man Rick Riker will join us. We'll find out who was dealing this past week with him as we do every single Thursday. Our man, known insurrectionist and lead singer of the Dropkick Murphy's, Patrick Murphy, is going to join us at 7.35 and then 8.35 the MMQB's Albert Breert's tag day in the NFL. We'll get into everything that's happening across the league with him. But first, Patrick Lina, he had some interesting oh boy. thoughts about the blue jackets that he gave to a finished newspaper get into that coming up next morning juice right here on the fan from the atlas butler plumbing services
1: traffic center
4: good morning this report sponsored by indeed.com Traffic's moving well. Right now it is accident-free. It looks like traveling on I-70 eastbound from I-71 to Route 79. That's a 24-minute commute. And I-71 southbound from Polaris Parkway to I-70 is an 11-minute drive. No delays there. Shift hiring years with Indeed. They go beyond resume with 135 skills tests that help candidates show their abilities on things like computer proficiency or customer service. Indeed skills tests reduce hiring time by twenty. 20- Twenty-seven percent on average. Visit Indeed.com/credit. I'm Heather Pasco for ninety-seven point one, The Fan Traffic.
1: Big dudes, bigger opinions. This, this is Morning Juice.
2: Morning Juice. Right here on The Fan, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Thursday edition of the program. We're here on Morning Juice, brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Finger, 625 in the morning, and that sounds absolutely amazing. Open Championship having, happening over in jolly old England. General, 149th Open Championship at Royal St. George's. Your leaderboard update. Brian Harmon still in the lead, four under par through seven holes. Jordan Spieth, three under... Through eight, Bob, so we'll keep an eye on him as the day progresses. Did you see these comments from Patrick Line? I thought they were uh, oh, yeah. pretty fascinating.
3: Read through them yesterday. Um, little deep, I know. Yeah, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm the same way. That's well, literally my reaction. I was I, the same exact way.
3: There, Because I understand a little bit of where he's coming from, and I also understand that, buddy, you can be really good, and I think that you might need to accept some coaching as well in your mm-hmm. life. And so there's a fine line and a balance as we get into these, so just understanding how good you are, what special characteristics and traits you have, but then also understanding that you know within the framework of a team, there's certain things that you 're going to need to be re- required to do, and in doing that 's going to potentially make you a better overall player, so that as we go through these let's let 's uh, We'll parcel them out here, beam, and then we'll make some comments on them. That's right. what we do. We make good comments. Yes,
2: exactly. We are good comment makers. He gave this interview to Ameletti, which is a Finnish, uh, I guess, publication. I'm not sure if it's a newspaper or just a website, whatever. Uh, so he was asked about playing in John. Did, did
3: Evil Bald Colin find this for you? Yeah, he did.
2: <laughs> You're 100%. Because I know he
3: probably goes to some different like Eastern European websites. Oh, yeah with the voyeur cams. I didn't know if this was like, he goes there for the articles, you know?
2: Yeah, he definitely, he comes for the voyeur cams and then stays for the Patrick Liney articles. You're 100%, okay, you're 100% correct about that. So he was asked about playing for John Tortorella in his system that he implemented here uh, in Columbus. He said, I guess everyone should have the same rules, but of course, you always hope that you can make the best possible use of your own strengths. Tortorella gave no freedom to anyone, forwards want to create offense. You have to cheat a little bit if you're going to be a top scorer. This is not possible if coaching thinks differently, but I do, as they tell me to do. We'll stop right there. He's got a couple more comments in here. Um, it is pretty wild to hear Patrick Line come out and say, like, if you want to be a top scorer, not if you want to help your team win, I guess. Yeah, like... I don't know. Maybe there's a line of delineation. Obviously, if he's a top scorer in the league, then your team has the best opportunity to win. But if you're not playing in the same team style as the rest of your boys, then I don't know exactly where that line of demarcation starts.
3: Carmelo Anthony, great scorer of the basketball. Mm -hmm. Bad team basketball player for the majority of his career. Correct. And that's why his team's never won. And it's unbelievable. Read the opening couple... Read the opening sentence from that statement again.
2: All right. So the opening statement was, I guess everyone should have
3: the same rules. Stop. Uh-huh. Right there. I guess so everyone
2: he, should have the same rules. Stop.
3: <laughs> Stop. Stop. Stop motion. So he, he acknowledges mm-hmm. that there needs to be some level of accountability and framework for the team. Yeah. Then he goes into talking about himself. So he like tries to couch it and play it off like, hey... I guess everybody, and there's going to be people that'll be like, see, torches this and torches that. I don't even care who the coach is. If you're going to open up with, I guess everybody should have the same rules acknowledging that there is some need for conformity. Now, within that, there's going to be a little bit different rules for players, mm-hmm. but everybody should operate under the like same guidelines for the most part. Well, I
2: think that's everyday society, too. You operate under generally the same guidelines, and everybody has their own kind of different set of rules that they're playing under that umbrella. Uh, so like you said, I guess everyone should have the same rules, but of course you always hope that you can make the best possible of your own strengths. Tortorella gave no freedom. Fords want to create offense. You have to cheat a little bit if you're going to be a top scorer. This is not possible if coaching thinks differently but I do as they tell me. I understand tight mold, on the other hand, but all the players are different. I don't even want to be the same as everybody else. I am who I am, and I do things the way I do. Everyone should be allowed to be themselves. Of course, you must stay in the team's game system. I think it would be stupid not to use my potential, although it's another thing of what coaching staff thinks. Now, this is a roughly translated article, but you get the gist.
3: It is, but I mean, this is him also talking to a native publication. All right, so... It may be lost in the translation a little bit from like going from Finnish to English after it's already all written down. But it's not like the questions or the interpretation was lost between the two people. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. they're both speaking the same language. Yeah, So it's not like, hey, I, I didn't necessarily mean to use that word. Because he then then talked about team framework again. Of course, you get the sentiment and, of it. Yeah, and he's, he's sitting here. He's like, yeah, there's the team framework. I understand there needs to be rules, but I'm I'm my own guy. Listen, man. Torts presses on guys to try to make them better. And here's why I think some of that is full of crap. Because Artemi Panarin was able to do some different things. Mm-hmm. And he had a different set of rules for Artemi. And he was fine with that. And everybody else was fine with that because he was an elite offensive player. Elite offensive player. Patrick, Patrick Line of the best ones we've had in the franchise's history. He's one of the best in the NHL. Yeah, Patrick Line thinks he's that. And he has the potential to be that. But he thinks that he's already there. That's the difference. He thinks he's already arrived, and he has not already arrived at becoming an elite offensive player yet. That's the difference. He's not there yet, and he wants. And, and the other thing too is like Panarin's not a big dude. Like he, he's somewhat limited in what he can do, you know, on the forecheck. He's just you know he's not a big pounder. He's a really skilled skater, but Patrick Laine can be the total package. He's a big physical guy, and that's why Torch's like I want him to be a power forward that plays every inch of the ice because that's what would make him a great player. It would make him elite and being able to do it all over the place. But instead he just wants to choose like yeah, I just want to be a guy that scores some goals. All right. You want to take the easy way on just like, just kind of be that guy and never realize your full potential. Like that's, that's when you're cheating a player, Beam. If you're just gonna let him be what he thinks he want and he thinks he can be and wants to be, when you know there's more inside. Well, and
2: I think that's ultimately what it comes to
3: coaching, right? I mean, that's his job. Of course, it
2: is. You want to extract as much juice as you possibly can out of the guy, and you see the. Un, I mean, it's not even untapped potential. It Patrick Kane has done it. He is one of the top goal scorers when he is on his game in the NHL. But you, there's another level that he can get to, and I think that's why it's fascinating moving forward with the Patrick Line situation because John Tortorella obviously not here. Now, are you going to make him happy here in Columbus and have a totally different set of rules that's probably going to piss the rest of the team off? Or are you going to keep him under that same framework with a new coaching staff and then piss him off and have the rest of the team happy? I don't know. It's a very tight rope. It's a very tight rope, it well, seems to be. And I don't know necessarily if the Jackets are, are married to Patrick Lina.
3: Here's the other thing, because he's talking about this and that, being an you know, elite, elite goal scorer. And he
2: is. He is. He's he, great. He
3: is. He can be really good. I also watched him take the puck from red line to red line one time last year. In yeah. the game. I think he had a couple goals. <laughs> yes. And go down and skate and like score. I'm yeah. like, dude, when you put forth the effort and yeah. you want to play hard and do that, there's the capability for you to do that. No one is stopping you. Not only to stop, you know, we need to sort, you know, surround him with some like a good center that can help facilitate and some other things. But like the, believe me cuz I I've been not on the level that he has, but every player at times in their careers like, "Hey, I'm really good at this. Just let me be this." Mm-hmm. And the coaches look at it and say, "You know what? You can be more than that." And it's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. He just wants to be one thing. I want to make you more. He just wants to be Carmelo Anthony. Let me just be a guy that scores goals. do. I want to try to make you into LeBron James where you can be a guy who distributes a little bit, really good on the defensive end because you have the physical ability to do it. If not, you're wasting it and you're cheating yourself.
2: I think it's fascinating. This summer, the Blue Jackets continue to have. Uh, we'll see what Patrick Laine has in store for the Blue Jackets this offseason with a new head coaching staff uh, and the shakeup with the team. We'll find out who is dealing with our man Rick Reichert coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic
5: Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Rocky Waste and Recycling. An accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt is causing some slowdowns. And there is a crash on US 36. It's got both east and westbound lanes blocked between Keys Road and Thayer Road. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up. Drivers can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Drivers are home daily, receive great benefits, and more than $10,000 in bonuses. Apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer, restrictions apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: One of these guys voluntarily ripped off his toenail. I don't have anything else to say. You're
2: listening to Morning Juice. Morning Juice. Right here on the fam, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter. Our man, Bodie Wells, filling in for Shark this week, attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Here on this Thursday edition of the program, 6.39 on Thursday. You know what that means? Time to find out who's dealing. Morning
1: Juice presents, they're dealing.
2: Sponsored by Reichardt. Every single Thursday, we talk to our man, Rick Rikert of Rikert Automotive. Rick, happy Thursday, bud. Good to talk to you.
0: Happy Thursday, boys. All right. What's
2: going on? Oh, not a whole lot, you know. Open championship, so I'm in heaven, literally getting paid to watch golf. So we got that going for us, which is pretty amazing. Uh, saw you were at Kings Island, buddy, yesterday, dealing with the heat, doing something for a great cause. How was your day,
0: man? It was fantastic. The heat didn't bother me at all. It was it was overcast at the perfect moments, but it was our first big. There's three chapters came together for a kid again. <clears throat> South, southwest, central Ohio. I we went down to Kings Island. We had a uh, well over a thousand families. Uh, riding rides, getting face painted, having fun, eating blue ice cream, and just living like a kid again for a day. And they absolutely rocked out. So the volunteers, everybody down there, had a, it was just a great time. It was so good to see all those people together, smiling faces, out and about once again. So thank, thanks to a kid again. I just love being a part of that organization. Brandon, I got a question for you. So the Open Championship, that's mm-hmm. all you keep talking about, this golf match, are you going to be willing on Sunday to walk away with from that and join me with Justin Fields on Sunday?
2: Well, it depends on what time, Rick, because the opening—the best part about them playing over in jolly old England is it gets over about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, so, oh, I mean, okay, it's so. pretty amazing. They're five hours ahead of us right now, so they're approaching uh, noon over there in, in Sandwich. So it all depends. I mean, it depends on what time the Open Championship gets over, but I know that you've got Justin Fields coming into town for one of his camps, and that's pretty amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I guess uh, yeah, so I guess the afternoon session when I show up about four o'clock, maybe you want to roll over and get your get your picture and make an appearance.
2: Yeah, absolutely, that sounds pretty amazing. Right on, I mean, that sounds great. Cool. Future Bears quarterback number one, future Hall of Famer. At least that's what I'm saying in my mind, Rick. Uh, buddy, whole lot happening this week. Saw you uh, just tweeted us a video, slingshot engaged. Who's dealing for you this week? I mean, I'm not even going to make that because the video itself is my
0: entire you know weekly racing roundup. <laughs> so if you don't if you do follow NASCAR, you got the Bush brothers, Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush, and Kyle wins a whole bunch. But Kurt's actually the better personality, and, and he got the better of his brother on Sunday and passed him. And this is not a – the video, the whole joke behind it is, these guys are big-time rivals on the track. They do not like each other on the track. They're brothers off the track. But, man, just like brothers in real life, they're going at it. They don't really care about the cameras or the fans. And so when they edited the video, to the soundtrack of Talladega Night, the whole slingshot part with – you know, I forget the, uh, Ricky, Ricky Bobby and the other guy. Anyways, it's a great video. You have to check it out. It's funny for my, uh, racing review. My other deal on player of the week, man, I, I was, I was torn, you know, I actually, you know, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but I watched the home run derby. Awesome home run derby. Mm-hmm. Um, honey just shines, man. What a, what a superstar, but man, Pete Alonzo hits dingers. And when I watch that dude rock and then I go to find out that he, uh, He makes more winning the home run derby than the Mets pay him to play baseball. I thought maybe backwards, so I just voiced my opinion that maybe some team out there could see how to utilize the skill of a guy that understands how to not uh, even worry about getting on base. He just hits it out of the park. That seems like a good plan to me for a baseball team. But my their dealing true player of the week is our guy in the Ohio State offensive line, Harry Miller. Yeah, Harry Miller, awesome guy, man. And you know, I love giving back uh, service work, all of that kind of stuff. And this NIL stuff is getting, it it was real crazy the first week. And now I feel like there's some things finally getting put together and there's, uh, semi-professionals involved to help these guys. But when Harry Miller came out and said, Hey, you know, I'm only going to do one thing with my NIL and that's to give back to my, um, charity to help people in Nicaragua and going down there for his missions and all of that. And he's going to focus on school. I didn't even realize he was a mechanical engineering major so, I mean, smart guy, what a, what a class act, what a great American kid, and he's going out to help others. And that's the biggest way that I think anybody could use their platform for greater good is to give back and help others. So thank you, Harry Miller. You're absolutely my Their Deal and Player of the Week.
3: Let me ask you this, Rick, before I get to uh, my Their Deal and Player of the Week. It, Bobby, favorite, favorite roller coaster at Kings Island?
0: Oh, man. Uh, so I didn't... <laughs> I wanted to ride um, Orion yesterday. I've never ridden that one; it's the biggest one. I have all three of my kids with me seven, five, and three. So we spent a lot of time in Snoopy Land, and we also <laughs> hit, yeah, Mystic Timbers. And I've never ridden that. That's kind of a newer one. It's a smaller one for kids, but I had a blast on it yesterday because my seven and five year olds like wanted to ride it. We really didn't even see how big it was, but once we got on it, like it's a legit adult roller coaster. And they were freaked out for a minute, you know, and I saw that fear in my daughter's eyes. And then as soon as we hit that first hill, and she was squealing and yelling and loving it, that was actually my favorite one I've ever ridden, just watching their Joy, and it was a, a really nice coaster, actually. So I'll give it to that yesterday. But all right, nice. I so, came back to ride the big stuff. All right, I remember a mis- riding the the first time. I mean, the Banshee is wicked. The okay. Banshee is one of those, like, okay, it actually, it actually gets me scared a little.
3: All right, I haven't been down to Kings Island in a long time since I was a young kid. We're taking my uh, son there for his delayed birthday, and so I, he he likes coasters and everything. So they took down the Vortex. My wife took him there last year before yeah. they had finally uh, retired that thing. So that was one of my favorites before that. So I'm uh, I'm excited about that. I appreciate the heads up on that. My their deal in Player of the Week, you know, I didn't think that the Bucks would have a chance to be able to pull out this series, and all of a sudden it's tied 2-2, two to two, and the Suns had the lead late. And uh give it up to Chris Middleton, man. Everybody talks about Giannis, Antetokounmpo and how good he is, but Chris Middleton is the guy that makes this thing run for the Bucks. You know, a lot of big shots late down the stretch. He's the one that's controlling the tempo especially in the last you know couple minutes of the game, delivering big shots for the Bucks and playing 43 minutes with 40 points, a plus 10 when he's out on the court. So Chris Middleton for tying this thing up and giving us some good basketball to watch here. In the month of July, he is my their dealing player of the week. How yeah. about you, Beam?
2: Yeah, very well done on that, General. Uh, my their dealing players of the week has to go to the Italian national team. Man, uh, they just defeated England in penalty kicks this past Sunday when the European Championship hoist the Euro Cup. Uh, so, big congratulations to them. But also the people in England, uh, you saw Marcus Rashford's uh, mural get uh, once he missed the penalty on Sunday. It got uh, you know vandalized, and the group and the entire community where he was from came together and they refixed it and they put up these you know notes and letters. You you know, it's all right, Marcus, don't worry about it. And I thought that was uh, pretty amazing, a community rallying around. So the Italians for hoisting the Euro Cup and everybody rallying around uh, those English players that did miss uh, in the penalties, which unfortunately saw them lose. But that—that that is my there deal in Player of the Week, or week Rick. Uh, before we get you out yeah. of here, buddy... Over under fifty home runs. Where where we end? It's coming up this weekend. We got to get a number out of you. I mean, you are the leader in the clubhouse. Your Vegas odds are like you know minus ten thousand to be the leader in this thing.
0: You know, I absolutely volunteer to take part in any of the events on Saturday night that I possibly (laughs) could. Um, And yesterday, I, I saw some stuff posted, and I got kind of this little. Uh, update, calendar, schedule of events for the night. When it came to Home Run Derby, I didn't see my name on the list.
2: Well, that's upsetting. Did I'm you not, withdraw? I'm, gonna, I'm
0: not sure I'm going to raise a stink or ask any questions. It might be the best way to get out of this I've ever had. Of just, the name wasn't on the list. So I just hung out in the clubhouse and came out for the real uh, game time. So, yeah, no reason to show up Saturday before 7.30. to show up 7.30. For- <laughs> There's nothing happening before that, really. <laughs>
3: And so what Rick is referring to is down at Huntington Park on Saturday, we're having a big charity softball game. Cardinal Jones is putting it on. Riker's one of the uh, sponsors. Thank you so much, Rick, for that. All the money going to the Buckeye Crews. So we have a home run derby before that. We've got a little softball game afterwards. Rick will be participating in both. I'm going to make sure that we get uh, the correct edits made, Rick. I know you've you've put all this practice in, so I don't want you to waste your hard work for Saturday night.
0: Both of those trips to the batting cages are going to pay off exponentially. <laughs>
2: <point. But. laughs> channel, channel your inner Pete Alonso, Rick. It'll be all good, buddy. Enjoy, enjoy Saturday. Enjoy the softball game. Uh, great stuff that you did yesterday with Kings Island yeah. uh, with a kid again. And uh, I'll see you on Sunday. All right, that sounds great to me, buddy. Have a uh, have a great weekend, and we'll chat again soon. Okay.
0: This has been Rick Reichert, and I don't hit
2: dingers. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unbelievable way to sign off. There he goes. Our man Rick Reichert joins us every single week at this time as we find out who is dealing with him. Yeah, man. Bob, we got to get on that. we got to get his name on the home run home run derby sheet.
3: I'll gotta, get it done. Yeah,
2: got to channel Shohei, got to channel uh, Pete Alonso for him to make sure he hits the uh, 50 dingers that we were promised on this show. We're going to head to the National Landscape. We'll throw some quick hitters next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. There is an accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt eastbound. Plan for some slowdowns there. Also, out on U.S. 36, east and westbound things are closed between Keys Road and Thayer Road because of a crash. Shift Hiring Gears with Indeed. They go beyond the resume with 135 skills tests that help candidates show their abilities on things like computer proficiency and customer service. Indeed skills tests are reduce your hiring time by 27% on average. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice.
2: Morning Juice, right here on the fan. Brandon being Bobby Carpenter, our man Bodie, doing an admirable job, filling in for Shark all week right now. Time to throw some quick hitters.
1: Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters.
2: All right, Bodes. It's a
1: Thursday,
2: Thursday, one day away from the weekend, buddy. What do you got for Almost
5: us? Almost home. The uh, Carolina Panthers, they were one of the teams believed to be heavily involved in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes before things kind of went south there, and they eventually pivoted to trading for Sam Darnold back in April. Panthers defensive end Brian Burns is already liking what he's seen so far from Sam telling Good Morning Football yesterday that Darnold has that dog mentality Mm. (laughs) and he's going to be a great addition and great leader for their offense. Bobby, Darnold's tenure did not get off to a good start uh, with the New York Jets there his first few years, but we'll see if he can turn things around beginning this season with Carolina.
3: You know, I've talked to some people about this and I I believe Sam Darnold to be a good quarterback. Heck, I talked to Todd Bowles, who was his head coach with the Jets, and he's like, you know what, the kids got talent, he goes, we didn't do enough to put people around him to have success because we couldn't protect for him and we didn't give him enough wide receivers. He was, he's, he's a good player. He just seems to be developed a little bit. I it's believe a mess, Ma- Mitzi. Yeah, exactly. It's a mess and that's New York. Was, I don't know if anybody could have success up there with what they've done with it. So you know, we'll see what uh, Wilson can do since they drafted him but I believe this is going to be a pretty solid year for Sam Darnold. You're going to get begin to see some of that unrealized potential.
2: I love Matt Rule as a head coach, too. I mean, I know he was only in his first year, Bob. But if you actually watch the Carolina Panthers, I mean, they played their hearts out for him. Not a great football team last year, uh, but I think this year can be totally different for the Carolina Panthers. And I think it all starts with Sam Darnold. Listen, he traded for the kid uh, for a reason. And I'm with you. I think the New York Jets were just an absolute mess of an organization. I think they still are. Uh, And like you said, I mean, it'll be fascinating to watch what Zach Wilson's able to accomplish there. But I don't think anybody would have had the success up there in New York. Uh, And unfortunately for Sam Darnold, he got his head put in the guillotine, and he has uh, hopefully greener pastures down in Carolina.
5: Leo Messi has signed a new five-year deal Woo! to remain with Barcelona. His previous contract with the team expired at the end of last month on June 30th. That deal that had expired was worth 594 million dollars yeah, over the previous right. four years. Not too bad there. Sources have indicated though that tax Messi's free. new deal was, is uh, worth significantly less. So Beamer, here's to hoping he can uh, keep the bills, keep paying the bills, keep the lights on in this lesser new deal that isn't worth 600 million dollars.
2: Well, like you mentioned there, Carp. I mean, is it tax free? What are we doing? You can do a whole lot with 600. Million dollars. I think the deal was for somewhere in the neighborhood of like 495 million euros, uh, or something crazy like that. Now he is taking a pay cut. He is getting up there in age, but five years time uh, for Lionel Messi, it is it's a big contract, man, because you start out. You know, with the same team, Bobby, You obviously, as uh, much of a legend as Leonel Messi is, he'll be thirty-nine the time that this contract ends. Not necessarily sure what they sold him on. I was reading reports that indicated he was actually going to get part ownership of Barcelona uh, when he retires. So, whatever it is, the the bottom dollar isn't as much as this last deal that he was coming off of. But regardless, I think uh, Leo Messi is well on his way to being a billion-dollar athlete if he's not already there already.
3: Oh, he's probably already there. And he didn't pay taxes
2: on any of the $600 million. So yep. Beam, I'm sorry, uh, Pops, you're going to have to go to jail for this. I didn't do anything wrong.
3: That's the best part is <laughs> like, hey, uh, you're going to have to um, take the fall. You need a fall guy. And his dad was the fall guy in that. Uh, but not paying taxes, good for him. Messi, obviously one of the best two players. And it's really, who do you like more? Yep. Is it him? You know, is it Cristiano Ronaldo? Both of those guys are fantastic. But starting to get up there in age. But I'll say this as well, Beam. Those guys are on the Tom Brady plan. They've managed their bodies about as well as you probably can when you're ripping cigs and, you know, <laughs> living that European lifestyle. Mm-hmm.
5: Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables became the highest paid assistant coach in the country yesterday when the school approved a contract extension that'll pay him $2.5 per year through 2026. Venables, he's certainly been one of the best in the country since taking over the defensive coordinator role with Clemson back in 2013 and now making $2.5 per year, he's being paid like that in CARP. Maybe he can now afford some sort of psychiatric help because I've never seen a man go so ballistic in my life on the sidelines as Brett Venables does as Clemson beats the hell out of everybody every single Saturday in the ACC.
3: Oh, he's passionate, man. I mean, that's what you're looking for—is that passion? He Panic pri- and passion. He brings it. You know, he brings it to the uh, table, and he's getting paid two and a half million dollars to have that passion. So you know what? Good for him. If you can get it, I mean, they pay a t- their coaches a ton down there at Clemson. Couldn't seem to scrape up a million bucks here for Al John- or uh, Al Washington, even though he got offered significantly more than he was making here at Tennessee. But you know what? Let him live down there. Uh, this is the way college football works now.
2: Yeah, it certainly is, man. Two and a half million dollars a year for a coordinator. Do you ever th- think in our lifetime that you would say see a coordinator make that much, Bob?
3: When I got to Ohio State, the coordinators here, and so that's twenty years ago. And this is why I make the case for NIL and everything mm-hmm. else. The coordinators at Ohio State were making like two hundred thirty thousand, two hundred forty thousand dollars. It's a good a life. It's a good life. It, it is, but two and a half millions a much better better life and better opportunities beam I and it's also 10 times as much so you know what Throw another zero on there, and then all of a sudden you're, you're in business.
2: If you're good at something, never do it for free. Heath Ledger is the Joker, Bob. So uh, Brent Venables, obviously one of the best in the country when it comes to coordinating a game, and their defense is gnarly down there at Clemson. So uh, we'll see how that is able to uh, any ramifications that come out of it for the Clemson program. But my guess, uh, they're still going to be all right with the way that the ACC is looking. We'll get you caught up with everything that is going in the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack hour number two of the program on the way next morning, June right here on the fan from
1: the atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
4: this report is sponsored by the home loan experts we do have slow traffic on i-70 this morning westbound between miller kelton and the 71 east split also still an accident on the ramp from south high street to the south outer belt eastbound watch for those slow spots you have a lot more equity than you think. With mortgage interest rates in the twos and home values at record highs, now is the time for a cash out refinance. Thehomeloanexpert.com, the Home Loan, home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic.
1: If morning juice were a smell, it would be a combination of Ben Gay and undercarriage. Heavy on the undercarriage. This is Morning Juice.
2: Morning Juice right here on the fan. Hour number two of the program for us on a Thursday. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, our man Bodie filling in for Shark this week. Doing a fantastic job while Shark is vacationing at the lovely Deer Creek State Park just southwest of us in Columbus. If you'd like to follow along for the fun, interact with us on Twitter, you can certainly do so, at MorningJuice971. Chatted with our man Rick Reichert about 30 minutes ago, found out who was dealing over-under for the Cardale Jones Celebrity Softball game for him in the Home Run Derby at 50, even though he notified us today, Bob, that he is not actually in the event, which is very disheartening to me.
3: He's currently not on the list. I would not define him as not being uh on the event like he he's getting in there and I'm going to make sure he gets in there cuz he's worked too hard mm-hmm. and too long to not be able to display those skills for the world. You don't want to hide those things, Mean You want to let them shine.
2: Of course you do. And so we're going to have to get on that and make sure that uh, our man Rick Reichard, of course, gets on the list for Saturday's uh, Home Run Derby in the Celebrity Softball Games down, down at Huntington Ballpark. Coming up here in about 30 minutes' time, our man from Buck Nuts, known insurrectionist and lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys, Patrick Murphy. He'll join us. We'll talk some Buckeyes with him. So Michi Johnson had a little bit of a knock uh, in practice. Bob was wearing a uh, walking boot, so uh, maybe a little fill it in uh, mm. from Pat about what's going on with the Buckeye basketball team as well. And at 8.35 in about 90 minutes time, our man Albert Breer from the MMQB is going to join us. It is tag day in the NFL, and there has been some bumpy happenings in the NFL over the last 24 hours. We'll get into that in a few minutes time. General, you are on Twitter at bcarp3. I am there at Brandon Beam 971 Right now, time for a re-rack.
1: Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice.
2: Sponsored by Billiards Plus. The
5: best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio.
2: You ate the frog last night, General. Stayed up for this entire thing. Game four of the NBA Finals sees Milwaukee even the series up at two apiece. 109-103. Chris Middleton was just a savage in that game last night. Clutch. When it mattered the most, Milwaukee evens things up at two apiece. As the series now shifts back to Phoenix.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's been a solid series, man. Big time swings. You know, Phoenix won the first two games, huge. Uh, you know, you see Milwaukee come up and win the game three, huge. I thought there'd be a swing back, bounce back by Phoenix, and there was. You know, played very well. Booker was phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, scoring over forty points, mm-hmm. battling back and forth. And heck, dead the lead with. There were two and a half minutes to go, but give it to Chris Middleton, man. Played really well, and there was an unbelievable block uh, by Giannis. I don't know if you saw that beam. Oh yeah, uh, on the on the up to eight. And, yeah, and I mean that might if the Bucks came back and went s- somehow. It's not as good as LeBron's block on uh Iguodala, in, ga- yeah. in Game Seven because I mean that was just a, a turning Blocked point. Block by James. Like, Oh, it was amazing! Infamous he, call, yeah. As he chases him down and puts it off the glass, and you know they, they ultimately win that thing. And it's in a game seven of a series they had no business winning. Uh, at least most people thought that coming in. So it won't be that iconic, but I mean that could be a turning point because obviously last night you lose and go down three one. It's outside unless you're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Being that series is over, so they found a way to get it done last night, taking this team to a game five. Still, no one has won on the road. And the old adage is the series doesn't start till there's a road win. And so we'll see when this thing actually gets kicked off. But it's going six, and it might ultimately go seven. What did
2: you make of Devin Booker's foul, non-foul call late in the game? I mean, it obviously it didn't impact the final Bob, but he was sitting at five fouls. Uh, there was a breakaway. I believe it was Drew Holiday was going up for a layup, and Devin Booker basically just wrapped him up and tackled him. Uh, and the ref swallowed their whistle. Yeah. Uh, I know that was quite the precarious situation in last last night's game.
3: Yeah, I, I, that was interesting. I mean, there's some interesting calls or non calls. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say.
2: I mean, for for refs in the NBA and college basketball uh, who love to blow the whistle on hand checking and you know moving screens that really aren't anything, uh, to for them to swallow the whistle right there. I don't know. Man, that's pretty precarious for me.
3: It's officials have such a massive impact in the game, and you yeah. never want to like quote blame the refs for things that happen. But if I was the Bucks and we ultimately lost that game, I'm going back to that, and I guarantee you they're coming to the podium post game and they're talking about it and they're upset. And so, you know, they, they swallowed on that. There's some ticky-tacky ones that he got earlier in the game, and that's that's the problem, man. Like I'm a bigger fan. Like, let these guys play. You know, let them go out there. You give them six in the NBA. Why do they do that Bean? Because you don't want to watch guys foul out. Mm-hmm. You want your best players and your stars on the court late in the game, but ultimately there has to be some competitive balance, too, where you can't just ignore calls that are going to be big ones.
2: No, you can't do it. And Milwaukee evens the series up two games apiece. That series now shifting back to Phoenix. 149th Open Championship going on in Sandwich, Kent, England. And Brian Harmon, Mackenzie Hughes tied at the top of the leaderboard. Harmon is four under through nine holes. Mackenzie Hughes, he is four under through ten. Chase Pack... Right behind them, a group of five players. Jordan Spieth in that mix as well. Victor Hovland at three under par. Your boy, Brooks Kepka, general, two under par through 15. Your boy, Bryson DeChambeau, having a bit of trouble as he is two over through 10. So a uh, bumpy start for Bryson. You know why, Great game, start for
3: Brooks. They have a lot of metrics over there, so him trying to measure these mm. things out in the club length. And the <laughs> the inch, meters, keep, yeah. He's having to convert convert a lot of stuff, so it's uh, it's probably not working as well for him. You
2: know, I actually accidentally one time changed my rangefinder from yards to meters, Bob. That's,
3: that's a bad, the bumpy it was
2: look. It was a bad deal. It was a totally bad deal, and I didn't know I had to get on the old Google machine uh, to figure out how to change it back because it was uh, quite the bumpy scenario. So, yeah, early trouble uh, for Bryson early on this morning over in England in the 149th champ. Keep you up to date with everything that is going on over there in England. You see the story about Urban and the Jags. Um, pretty interesting situation
3: I, here. I don't really know exactly. I don't know, either. It, I'm not a legal expert. I have no idea. Uh, so it's in regard to the lawsuit that the players filed uh, the against Iowa Chris players, Doyle. Yeah, against Chris Doyle. You know, in, in as far as everything that he did at Iowa and the accusations against him. And you know, so they they filed a subpoena to jacksonville to be able to probably you know to depose these guys talk to urban about it bulky and probably get any type of correspondence they have what they're doing it's a fishing investigation to see if there was any emails that had admissions of anything happening most likely so i don't the jags like there's nothing that they did outside of getting involved with doyle but i don't think there's any legal ramifications other than just it being a a pain in the rear for them to have to deal with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if you aren't aware, the Jags and uh, Coach Urban Meyer have been issued subpoenas by the U.S. District Court for the Southern District for Iowa for documents, electronic transmissions, and other evidence related to the hiring and subsequent resignation of former University Iowa strength coach Chris Doyle uh, by Urban in February. The subpoenas are seeking to gather evidence, like you mentioned, General, uh, in the $20 $20 million racial discrimination civil lawsuit filed against Iowa on November 12th by eight former Iowa players. Doyle has been accused of making racial statements against Iowa players. That is part of what the lawsuit said was racially a hostile environment. Iowa fired Doyle last year in June and paid him a $1.1 million settlement. The Jags said in a statement released through the Communications Department that the team is cooperating but believes Doyle's brief employment with the team which lasted less than 48 hours has nothing to do with the Iowa lawsuit. So again, they're trying to go through evidence. They're being subpoenaed. Uh, I guess that would be any like phone calls, any email, any text messages messages, anything that is over electronic-based communications, if anything was said about what happened at the University of Iowa. And I have absolutely no clue if anything was said.
3: Well, there's emails and texts out there. There's subpoena. You'll find it. And just interesting to see how, see if they did throw anything out there. It wouldn't be urban or, or bulky. It'd be sure. you know asking him what happened. If he's like, hey, I did this, this, and this, and there's mm-hmm. an admission of something. Yeah. Well, yeah, that wouldn't be great, depending on what he would be admitting to doing. So... We'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. But there's nothing involved with the Jags. There's some much bigger and better legal stuff going on in the world of football beam, especially pro football. I nice say yeah. better, meaning more yeah. salacious. You've got Dwayne Haskins and Richard Sherman both being involved on kind of the opposite ends of arrests. Uh in the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, it is pretty wild. We'll start with Dwayne, our former guy here uh, at Ohio State. So the wife of Pittsburgh Steelers backup quarterback Dwayne's ha- Dwayne Haskins uh, was charged with domestic battery after a July 3rd incident at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. Uh, she is accused of knocking out one of his teeth when she punched him after a disagreement according to an arrest report obtained by the I-Team. Uh, this is coming from Las Vegas News. Uh, Haskins told Metro police officers that the couple have had verbal arguments in the past, but nothing physical. Uh, Dwayne told a Security officer at the Cosmopolitan. I want her out of my room. She hit me and cut my lip open. Uh and according to their Instagram post uh, just last week, Bob, uh they got engaged, but according to a police report, uh Dwayne Haskins' fiance slash wife said they did get married in March. So uh it's a weird situation that Dwayne and his fiance slash wife find themselves in after a July third arrest.
3: Yeah, which is what's crazy, because I saw where they got engaged. Yeah. And now there's she was saying they're married. Which I don't think she would say that unless that was true. I mean, that's easy to find the yeah. marriage license. I mean, it's not like you can, you know, lie about that. So curious to see where all this goes. Getting popped in the mouth with the ring, not feeling, not Mm-mm. feeling good, Beam. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't. It was wasn't great. It wasn't bumpy. And Dwayne, if you follow him on uh, social media, he always posts stuff with the him and his fiance slash wife. Not really sure a one time girlfriend uh, prior to all that. So. I don't think I've seen any posts in the last week, but this was, it's a couple, when did they say this happened? July 3rd, yeah, July 3rd, so So a couple weeks weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, so two weeks ago, and I'm trying to think, I might start scrolling through his IG to see if they posted anything together since then, um, to kind of tether to see how things are going, because that would probably indicate to me that, you know, at least they're on the same team, but uh, we'll see kind of where this goes. Obviously, Dwayne didn't do anything, Mm -hmm. he's going to be fine and all this, there's nothing uh, with him, but... Uh, could be some negative stuff with his wife and it's just not it's not a great look to be involved in anything like uh this. So hey, hold on, beam, we've got what was the date? Where the heck is the date on IG? I don't know. Let's
2: get the sleuth on the case. I mean, you you said
3: so 4 days ago. Okay. Yeah. 4 days ago they tweeted out a picture of like them together no, kissing. No, so they're
2: good then because the rest already happened. Unless yeah, that was, was a
3: delayed if, Instagram post. Uh, no, it, I don't think it was and it's like them kissing, them with her with the ring. Everything like that, and then the one prior to that is june twenty eighth so but four days ago mm-hmm. couldn't wait couldn't make you wait forever forever this is forever hashtag for life her uh emoji <laughs> arrow going through a heart <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the play by play up uh what yeah whatever her her name is then tagged in there as well, so yeah, so all of that um so that's going on, so obviously they look like they're in a pretty good place after. You know, a little little quarrel there and him getting busted in the mouth and her having a ring on, so probably cutting his lip.
2: A very uh, precarious situation happening up in Seattle yesterday as free agent cornerback Richard Sherman uh, is... This is not good. Yeah, this is not a good situation. We'll fill you in on that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic
4: Center. This report is sponsored by Meineke Car Care Centers. We do have an accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt. Plan for some slowdowns there. And traffic is heavy and slow on I-70 westbound between Miller-Kelton and the 71 east split. And out on U.S. 36, all lanes are blocked in both directions between Keys Road and Thayer Road due to an accident. Is your car as road trip ready as you are? Now, your independently owned and operated Meineke, your one-stop shop for total car care. Make an appointment today for your free road trip check at a participating location. Seat store for details. Engine, brakes, tires, oil. Meineke doing car care right. I'm Heather Pasco for ninety-seven point one, The Fan Traffic.
1: Protein shakes and energy drinks, the breakfast of champions. The is morning juice.
2: Morning Juice, right here on the fan, Brain and Bean Bobby Carpenter, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Thursday edition of the program. We hear Morning Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Finger, 723 in the morning. And that sounds absolutely amazing. For Agent Cornerback, Richard Sherman is facing several charges, including one on suspicion of burglary domestic violence after he was arrested at his wife's parents' residence in Redmond, Washington, uh, early on Wednesday morning. Redmond Police Department Chief uh, Daryl Lowe said at a news conference Wednesday that Sherman also faces charges of suspicion of resisting arrest and malicious malicious mischief. In addition, Washington State uh, Patrol Captain Ron Mead said at the news conference that his department is also ready to refer Sherman to prosecutors for possible misdemeanor DUI and and hit-and-run charges related to a separate incident on Wednesday. So I saw Shefty tweeting this out yesterday, Bob, and it was fairly big news. Richard Sherman is uh, one of the, you know, great, one of the late great uh, cornerbacks in the NFL. Obviously his time with the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, and then shortly thereafter taking his talents to San Francisco right down the road to the Bay Area uh, and playing great for them. It was... I don't know, pretty wild yesterday trying to find out all the details on this because he had absolutely no clue what had happened. Now, I listened to his wife, Richard Sherman's wife, uh, her call to 911 in the emergency system, and it was pretty, I mean, bone-chilling. Obviously, she was terrified. Richard Sherman was having... um, it seems to be a total mental breakdown. Uh we're going to find out more what happened with this and there's some more details we can go into, but it was it's a very odd situation that is happening with still one of the big I guess prize free agents in, you know, in the NFL, Bob.
3: Yeah, one thing of note like you said, Richard Sherman not currently employed, he's mm-hmm. a free agent right now and he, I believe he's on the NFL PA's executive committee. Uh number of things police are investigating. Um number one, Richard Sherman, whose wife Ashley called the police, you know, him coming to her at in-laws house trying to you know, maybe break in, fight with her dad. They're not really sure what happened, you know, it was it disagreement? You know, the police are called and then also they're I wouldn't say unrelated, but a separate incident uh, involving his vehicle being wrecked and then left, and then him being drunk later that night. Yeah, it was
2: at a it, like a construction zone, Bobby. Ran into like a, a one of those big concrete barriers.
3: Yeah, so you think those things might be connected there, Beam. Like, mm-hmm. hey, got drunk, wrecked the car, came back, arguing with the in laws, whatever, trying to break in the house, and they tell you to leave. I don't know. Not a great night for Richard Sherman going to hurt his, if if there's any validity and truth to this, it's going to probably hurt his opportunity to be able to get re-signed. And you'll you wish the best here. You know, for him, the situation has been very outspoken. He's, you know, a very big personality. and of course. And it's, it's tough to see this. And we'll see kind of as this thing breaks out here, but – um, as of now, I mean it's it's not a great look for you know the former pro bowler.
2: He was uh, booked yesterday morning at six oh eight a.m. So nine oh eight local time here at the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle. And records state that he was denied bail, which I thought to be the most fascinating part of this entire thing. But a spokesman for the Redmond Police Department did tell ESPN uh, that is standard procedure for suspects of domestic violence until they can peer, appear before a judge. Now Sherman's hearing will not. Before a judge until later on this afternoon. The domestic violence component of the charge Sherman faces, which is a felony, is because of his relation to the occupants of the residence. The malicious mischief charge is in relation to the damage he allegedly did to their front door. Lowe said, uh, no one at the residence sustained injuries and Sherman did not gain entry into the residence. Redmond police received a 911 call at approximately 149 a.m. Pacific time from one of the residents at the home, uh, which was at least four adults were present, saying that Sherman was trying to gain interest and he said they were unsure if children were present. Now, of the Washington State Police Patrol, again, or patrol uh, received a call at 1.26 a.m. about a possibly impaired driver after Sherman allegedly drove his SUV into a closed construction zone. The call was made by a worker into the construction zone. Meade said that they were very fortunate uh, that nobody sustained any injuries. Police report then found the vehicle, which had significant damage on the driver's side. As a result, again, with a contact barrier in a nearby parking lot, they ran the Plates of the vehicle and determined that it was registered to Richard Sherman. Now I listened to you know the nine one one call this morning, and again it's pretty chilling. Uh, you know his wife going on there talking about everything that was happening in the situation. She was obviously scared. Richard Sherman said, you know, if the police are going to come, like don't shoot me, all these things. And I mean, it was just Bob. It was probably about I don't know two and a half hours or not two and a half hours, two and a half minutes. going to uh, say, that's uh, a half, long. yeah, it was two and a half minutes, and you could tell. I mean, obviously the white she was panicked. She wouldn't
3: have call 911 on her husband unless she was worried about his safety her safety her parents safety i mean there, there obviously was a lot going on there yeah. i'm impressed that her dad didn't let him get in the house that's uh you know what older dude beefing up saying no no moss
2: yeah it was uh, a pretty i mean bone chilling call too because in there uh, she did state that richard sherman was saying like i'm gonna hang myself and i'm gonna do bodily harm to myself so I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the entire situation with what Richard Sherman's life is happening. But first thought immediately goes to mind, Bob, of just a full on mental breakdown for him.
3: Well, that and the fact that it seems that he may have been intoxicated. Be like that. That probably wouldn't have helped the situation at all. So anytime you start, you know, mixing a volatile situation, you start mixing any type of drugs or alcohol in it. Okay, things can potentially get worse here, um, and we'll see how this plays out. Over the next couple of days and weeks, I know it hurts his chances football-wise of getting signed and potentially being out there on the field. Uh, so, not a great situation there when you're a free agent. You know, there's you know the nine one one stuff's all public. Like you said you listen to it; they've got it transcribed. I've I've read over it a couple of times this morning. You know, it's 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 not a good luck. So, we'll see what happens, and hopefully. Um, you know, there wasn't. A, there, it seems worse than it actually was, but we'll we'll find out here in the coming weeks.
2: Yeah, ultimately we will. He's got a uh, load of legal trouble that he's going to go through, Bob, before we can even start thinking about uh, playing on the football field for Richard Sherman again. Our man from Bucknuts, known insurrectionist, lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys, Patrick Murphy. He'll join us. We'll talk some Buckeyes with him coming up next. Morning Juice, right here on the Fan
1: from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: Good morning. This report is sponsored by Discover. There is an accident on Airport Drive at Nelson Road. Also, they're still working to clear an accident from the ramp uh, from South High Street to the South Outer Belt eastbound. They're a little slow there. And traffic is heavy and slow on I-70 westbound between Miller-Calton Avenue and the 71 east split. Discover matches all of the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
1: Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 930. Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on The Fan
2: morning juice right here on the fan brain and beam bobby carpenter attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m here on this thursday edition to the program right now i'm going to head out to the bryant heating and cooling systems fan guest hotline checking with our man known insurrectionist known pitch stormer and most importantly lead singer of the dropkick murphy's patrick murphy joining us in the bryant heating and cooling systems fan guest hotline pat happy thursday bud what's happening not much. Uh, I love the music. I
6: love the introduction every time, so uh, it really gets me going in, in the morning.
2: Well, we know we know that you don't drink coffee, Pat, so that's a, a nice right. little shot of adrenaline uh, that we're able to give you. Buddy, I mean, with your uh, roots being, you know, obviously European, uh, with a name like Murphy, I would assume that the Open Championship is your favorite golf major, yes? Of
6: the golf majors, uh, the Open Championship is my favorite, uh, but... Of, of the sports, the golf is probably the one that I know the least about. I do enjoy throwing it on. I, uh, I... Can't tell you that I pay a ton of attention. You know, the, the casual uh, fan I would say is is kind of how I would describe myself.
2: Well, that's fine, Pat. I think a lot of people are with you, buddy. Uh, a lot happening over in Buckeye land, of course, right now. Uh, I did see some interesting pictures from the Ohio State basketball team. Michi Johnson uh, was wearing a kind of a walking boot, uh, sustained a knock that seems to be sometime this week during practice. Any update on Michi's front? And uh, just in general, what are you expecting out of Michi this year, bud?
6: Yeah, we haven't heard anything. I saw that as well. Um, I do know that uh, a handful of guys. I think Michi, uh Malachi, Branahan, the freshman, and Zed Key took part in uh, the Kingdom Summer League last week. So maybe he, you know, turned an ankle or something there. Uh, but I haven't heard anything, you know, in terms of a, a timetable or anything. Fortunately, they have plenty of time before things really ramp up. But in terms of Michi i think it's going to be a very interesting year um, you know obviously the the team is is got openings at the guard spots both guard spots um michi's still young i think you have to keep that in mind yes he played i think it was 17 games last year but didn't see a ton of minutes you know he he should be walking into his first uh camp with the team you know this should be his freshman season so um that fact that he was able to get that 17 games or whatever it was under his belt last year kind of experience the college game um, what it's like to, to you know be in a college program, um, even though it was obviously very different than a normal year. I think will will do wonders for him this year. Uh, you know whether he's ready to step step into a full time starting role, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I think the additions that they've had of uh, Jamari Wheeler, um, especially probably running the point, will will mean he's coming off the bench. But the opportunity is there. So you know I think he definitely needs to take a step forward. And, um, you know, at least prove that he's going to be the future at that position, um, if not, you know, seize it by the reins.
3: Talking to Patrick Mur- Murphy of Bucknuts here on the Bryan <laughs> Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. And now that, you know, everything's kind of locked in is you know, guys have made their decisions. Dwayne Washington leaving, EJ Liddell coming back, transfers coming in. You know, you kind of have an idea of what the roster, Kyle Young will be back for, you know, another season as well. You know, how do you see that backcourt kind of shaking out, you know, with Michi Johnson and then some veterans that have been added?
1: Well, I think for sure you're
6: going to see um, some some new faces there. Obviously, um, you know, I mentioned uh, Penn State transfer Jamari Wheeler. He's a guy that, that Buckeye fans will probably remember from, from um, shots he made against Buckeyes. Good defense. He's a dude. I think he... Yeah, he will probably be um, the the replacement for C.J. Walker at the at the point is is my guess. Um, I think that's kind of the, the penciled in idea. And then um, the addition the other day of Cedric Russell is big. Um, Dwayne Washington's a guy who, while he certainly had his moments of frustration, and, and we've touched on Pat before, Chris Holtman has as well, um, he was the team's league scorer last year. So you need somebody who can fill it up. Cedric Russell can certainly do that. He's done it his pretty much his whole college career. Um, it, it's going to be about how it translates to the Big Ten and how he fits in with this group. But he reminds me a lot of Dwayne Washington, kind of his progression throughout college. Um, you know, he's done it at a high level in terms of some of the teams that Louisiana faced. Um, Baylor is the one that I think gets brought up that he scored. I think it's 26 points against. So, uh, pretty good defensive team that, that he managed to uh, to light up. So I imagine that that those are probably the two guys that are thinking are going to be the starters. And then it's, you know, breaking down the minutes with a guy like Michi, Um, you know, how does Eugene Brown fit into things this year? Didn't play a ton last year, but a guy that they liked out of high school. Um, you know Malachi Branham I mentioned is a guy who can can really light up the scoreboard the Mr. Ohio basketball last year so certainly lots of options um, at the at the guard position and they're going to need it you know they it's new faces but guys that they're really high on and I think that you know there's a reason that this team is thought of as you know a top probably 15 team in the country at this point I know originally some of those way too early rankings had them really high maybe mm-hmm. that's tapered off a little bit and probably for the best but you know, I think this backcourt is is going to kind of tell the story. You know, what you've got a lot of the, a lot of the front court. Now it's about these guys kind of stepping up and filling in those roles.
2: Switch over to the gridiron uh, real quick here, Pat. Was talking to your sure. comrade Dave Biddle uh, earlier on in the week, just talking about you know the the running back room situation. Now I think going into the season, uh, Bid said that you know it's probably going to be Master Teague that's probably going to get you know the the majority of the carries. Looking at the Minnesota game and maybe the Oregon game, as you kind of get uh, Travion Henderson up to speed, Evan Pryor possibly. Of course, you have Mayan Williams, uh, but he sees a shift happening somewhere in the middle of the season as far as touches go. Are you on the same line of thinking as? Bid? do you think uh you know master Teague will be usurped at some point in this year for the majority of the touches
6: I'm not ready to jump to that yet and Dave and I've talked about this before um you know he's as, as many people are a big mind Williams guy and I'm more of a I need to see it first mm-hmm. uh, you know we, he had you know I think it was 11 carries last year or you know, very few um, and, and looks good at points um but you know I need, I need to see more from him. You know what you're going to get with Master Teague for the most part. I do think that he has, still has a chance to show that there's more to his game. Obviously, the injury last year opened the door for Trey Sermon, and he ran with it. But, um, you know, I, I think, I do agree, I think Master Teague will be given the the starting role to begin with. But I do think a door's open. You know, I don't think it's locked in that he's going to be the starter throughout the whole season. He's got to earn that. Um, so I think, you know, I'm not quite as, as far in as Dave is that, this will completely transition um, away from Master Teague. I think it's Master Teague's job to lose, but I do think there's a lot of talent in that room. You know, Trayvion Henderson, Evan Pryor, uh, Marcus Crowley, who, you know, if he's back 100%, I think can still be a factor based on what we saw early on in his career. So, you know, I, I think the door is open for other guys to take the job. I do think you'll see a number of guys get carries early on, but, you know, I think that door is open just as much for Master Teague to seize it and, you know, become the Buckeyes' number one running back.
3: And so you think that he can, like you said, bids thinks this thing's probably going to go to Travion Henderson. If you had to put the vast Murph dog mm. estate on which Buckeye will finish the season with the leading the team in rushing yards, who is Patrick Murphy going to put his cash on?
6: That's a good one. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's Master Teague, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's close. I'm going to say that there are you know probably. Two guys in the like, I don't know, 700 ish range, and maybe even a third guy that is, you know, has gotten a, D, you know, maybe a, a Travion Henderson who comes on late second half, maybe the final third of the year and starts to get, earn more carries as well. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a committee this year. Um, you know, I'm, I think Travion Henderson is certainly the future, and I think my Williams can do some good things. Um, but, you know, I think this year you're going to see a lot of split. And you know, not quite have a guy that gets to that thousand yard marker, but I'll say master Teague, but not by a lot.
2: Pat, we're talking with our man, Pat Murphy of Bucknuts here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Uh, where are your alarm? I mean, we're 49 days away from the opening game at Minnesota, so just under the 50-day marker. This is a good team. They returned 20 starters, I believe, for uh, Mr. Row the Boat and P.J. Fleck up there in Minnesota. Where are your alarm bells? Like, if I had to ask you 0-10 to 10 for worriedness going into that game, you're going to be walking into a Viper's Pit, uh, obviously with full capacity being able to had uh, be had at TCF Bank Stadium up there in Minneapolis, where are you at? I mean, what 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 should be the concern level for Buckeye fans uh, across the state here going into this first game with obviously Oregon looming the very next weekend?
6: Yeah, I think maybe maybe a five or six, um, and maybe six is a little try, Maybe five and a half, and and not that I think that you know Ohio State on paper has, has any many money reasons to worry. Um, but I do think, like you said, going into a, a home opener um, at an opponent stadium, a Big Ten opponent. First time they're going to have a full crowd in over a year. That place is going to be wild. I imagine um, it was pretty wild with how cold it was in 2014 when the Buckeyes were up there. And you know, this is a Minnesota team that two years ago was was really good. Um, you know, last year not as good, but you know, had some things happen with COVID and, and whatnot, as you know, so many teams did across the Big Ten. Um, and, you know, obviously you're breaking in a new quarterback. You're you're trying to get this secondary figured out, and, and that's your first test. It's not a home game at noon against Akron or, or you know, one of those max schools where you can afford some mistakes. This is a Big Ten game against a, a quality Big Ten opponent. And like you said, you have that big one the next week that you hope no one is looking past Minnesota for, but that's always a risk, especially with young guys. So I think there is some concern, but I do think the Buckeyes ultimately have more talent, and and that'll win out. I trust in Ryan Day and the staff to have those guys ready. Um, But, you know, it it is a different situation. It's like uh, a handful of years ago when they went to Indiana to open the season, um, I think also on a Thursday night. You know, that game wasn't set in stone, um, you know, in terms of of confidence level. And and even that game, if I remember correctly, was in question for a while. Um, And then the Buckeyes pulled away, I think, in the second half. So, you know, I, I think it'll probably be a similar type of game going up to Minnesota. But I do think having that crowd back will uh, will be interesting. First time in a long time these guys have played in front of a packed house like that.
2: Yep, sure is, buddy. A prediction tonight, the U.S. men's national team playing in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Er, CONCACAF Gold Cup. It's match day two of three, going up against the world power Martinique. Uh, what's your prediction yeah, for the scoreline on that one? Their right? leak. Yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> they need a big win, uh, for sure. They only won 1-0 the other night. And uh, the other tournament favorites, Mexico, I think won 3-0 last night. So I'm going to say the U.S. matches that and gets a 3-0 win.
2: Absolutely lovely. Buddy, always appreciate the time. You're the best. Have a great day. We'll chat again soon, okay? All right. Talk to you guys later. Absolutely. There he goes, our man for Bucknuts, Patrick Murphy, of course, joining us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We'll we'll let you know what has us juiced and our daily schlegalism next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic
4: Center, This report sponsored by ExpressPros.com. There was an accident on Airport Drive at Nelson Road and an accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt eastbound. Also, traffic is slow on I-70 westbound between Miller-Kelton and that 71 east split. Looking for a job? Contact Express Employment Professionals and be part of their national hiring event. With one application, Express connects you with multiple employers and never charges a fee. Go to expresspros.com, find your nearest office and call Express today. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic.
1: Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is morning
2: juice. Morning juice. Right here on The Fan, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, our man Bodie, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Thursday edition of the program. Right now, time to get juiced.
1: What's
5: got you juiced?
2: Sponsored by Atlas Butler
4: Plumbing Services.
5: Call today. Get it
4: fixed today.
2: Before we tell you what has us juiced, Bodes, hit us with some schlags.
0: Huge day to GSD. That's get stuff done. You can also substitute the S for something else with a high GSF because that's what I'm all about. <laughs>
2: He is amazing. GSD day for sure for me. what has you juice, bud. I would have loved to know. I don't know if Shark ever
5: did. We didn't ever. I never really asked him about it or anything. If he ever had to hit the dump button for Schleg. I don't. I don't f- believe. No. He I'm did. not sure if he did. that no, uh, Yeah. That, if you could have gave me like over under, I would have taken the over. I think no matter what the number would have been. Nonetheless, what's got me juiced today? So I mentioned this yesterday. Watched the sixth and final episode of the Loki series yep, last night. It was fantastic the best part about it kind of funny enough so the episode was probably about hey, 45 don't give it away i haven't
3: watched it yet that's
5: okay i'm not going to give it away i'm just going to say like the best part about me watching it was oh.
2: i uh yeah I, I had I know. a notre dame sweatshirt yeah. on <laughs> i did actually is not wearing any notre dame clothing today yep. which is cow- my way
3: cowboys mm-hmm. cowboy day
2: he's actually wearing a great usa shirt but i'm very proud of
5: him <laughs> but uh right. so the episode was probably about 45 minutes long but then as soon as it ended i spent about the next 20 to 25 minutes reading about yep. what happened in the yep. episode because i didn't Really understand most of it. It was good. It was kind of like not hard to follow along. I just don't understand like where it was going. But now I feel like I'm pretty caught up, so I was pretty good. Going out to eat tonight with my family. We're going to uh, High Banks, which is just Ooh. like a stove throw over here. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good, pretty fun on a Thursday and. I had one more thing that I'm blanking on, and I don't know why. So I
3: guess we're just gonna kick it to Bobby. What's got you juiced this morning? I think the last thing, Bodie, is you're gonna take some wicked bong rips, which mm. might uh, play in part and parcel of why you couldn't remember the Out third shark's and final Shark's secret thing. stash that he Absolutely. has underneath the board here. He does. If you reach there, Bodie, it's on the right side, I believe. It's always so hazy in that producer's room in the morning. I never know it really why. it is you yeah. thought it was a fog machine, but mm. it's not. It's just Shark. Uh, what's got me juice today being I'm still grinding through the mulch. I've got some off the second trailer loads. I just dumped all the stuff the first day. I actually spread it yesterday. I got a nice, sweet uh, blister. Ripped some skin off my thumb. Should have wore gloves at the beginning, but didn't think about it.
2: Did they look as bad as Jake Ballard's hands after uh, last no, year this, at the Home Run Derby?
3: No, because I was like, you know what? This is starting to get bad. I'm going to have to go to a little false grip here, and then I'm going to also get some gloves, put that on. But I've got almost the whole front yard done. It looks... Good, man. I enjoy seeing a nice mulched uh, flower bed. It just helps accent the yard, the colors, the contrast. It looks so tremendous. Got a little bit more to do and got to do the backyard. So can't wait to get that done this weekend. Gonna, I'm off tomorrow. Can't wait for that. Going to see my brother in Grand Rapids. Super excited to go uh, visit him because don't get to see him a ton because he's about five hours away. And then also this weekend we've got the Celebrity Softball game yeah. coming up. Cardale Jones, sponsored by our, our guy, uh, Rick Riker, Riker Automotive. Can't wait to see him run around out there. And then I'm going to also try to find some time uh, to watch the final two Lokis, which I have not seen yet, Bodie. So excited to watch those. Beam, what has you juiced on this wonderful Thursday?
2: Yeah, so I watched Loki yesterday, too, Bodes, and I was kind of with you. Uh, at, the, at the end, I'm like, I don't really know what's going on, but I did enjoy the show. Uh, they're definitely setting it up for a second season, uh, which will be pretty good. I watched perhaps the strangest documentary ever last night bob uh so if you're familiar with the name david farrier he is a journalist from new zealand and he does a show on netflix it's called dark dark tourist uh where he basically goes around and he you know goes to like i don't know like nuclear bomb sites and everything like you know there's a tourist industry for that so i was watching that yesterday and then i found out he had a documentary on amazon and it's called tickled and it's the it's the strangest movie I mean, it's not a movie. It's a documentary where they actually go in this. So he finds like this video of like competitive tickling, and he's like, you know, a. I, I'm not going to say beat reporter, but just like a human interest done journalist. by like
3: creepy uncles being, I mean. It's
2: basically what it devolves into, Bob. He like wants to do a story on this league and he thinks he's like getting involved like in a competitive sport of tickling and then it just goes down a massive wormhole. So if you're looking for a human interest piece story uh, that then just devolves into like cyber bullying and legal action and lawsuits, like I don't know, man. I literally was left in my jaw on the floor uh, watching that last night. So that was pretty good. NBA finals last night were fantastic not entirely sure how Devin Booker got away with the foul but it doesn't matter cuz the bucks won in the end and we have the open championship going on man i'm just happy 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 that this thing is back been 725 days since they last heated up at the open next year we got saint andrews to look forward to as the 150 open open championship returns to the home of golf and a good leaderboard as well we'll get you all caught up with everything that's going on in the sports world as we hit you with the re-rack hour number three of the program on the way next morning juice right here on the fan from the
1: atlas butler plumbing services traffic center
4: this report sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. There is an accident on Airport Drive at Nelson Road. Plan for delays there. Also heavy and slow traffic on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. Good news, Ohio! Safe Auto offers state minimum car insurance for less than sixty-six cents a day. Safe Auto is available twenty-four-seven to help you save. Get a quote in less than three minutes at safeauto.com or one-eight hundred Safe Auto. Play it safe, Safe Auto. I'm Heather Pasco for ninety-seven point one, The Fan Traffic.
1: Attack and dominate your alarm
2: clock. This is Morning Juice. Morning Juice. Right here on The Fan, hour number three of the program for us on a Thursday. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter... Our man Bodes. Put the bong down, Bodes. I mean, it's hazy enough over there already. Attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Here on this Thursday edition of the program. If you'd like to follow along for the fun on Twitter, you can always interact with us at MorningJuice971. Caught up with our man Rick Reichert, of course. In the 6 o'clock hour, found out who was dealing for him. He's giving it to the big fella, Harry Miller, for Ohio State. Name, image, and likeness. All of his compensation going towards uh, his charity in Nicaragua, which is pretty amazing. 735, our man Patrick Murphy. He joined us from Bucknuts. Great conversation. A little hoops, a little football with our man Pat. Coming up here in 30 minutes time, our man, known buckeye, noted alum, Albert Breer. He's going to join the program. It's tag day in the NFL. Get into all the big storylines across the league with Albert coming up here around 8:35. General, you are on Twitter at BCarp3. I am there at Brandon Beam971. And again, at MorningJuice971 on Twitter is where you can interact with us. Right now, time for a re-rack
1: keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning
5: Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. The best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio. Well,
2: we have an NBA Finals, ladies and gentlemen. 2-2, series tied. Bucks 109, Suns 103. Chris Middleton going nuts in last night's game. 43 minutes for him. 40 points on the board. Bucks closing things out late in that game. Suns with an opportunity to win it. It was a great game. Tip to finish, General.
3: Yeah, it absolutely was. And I uh stayed up late to watch the entirety of that game. Um regretted it after <laughs> I don't know, about the two minute mark, somewhere in there, two thirty, two minute where you know Phoenix had the lead, feeling good about everything, and then you know Chris Middleton took over down the stretch, made some big shots. Uh gosh, I'm just watching him hit the shot to tie it up right now again. And then hits another one to take the lead at about one thirty, and next thing you know, you know, turnover by Chris Paul. They're on the they're on the move and boom goes the dynamite and the Bucks have now a five point lead and it's basically over thirty seconds. But Devin Booker played really well. Some precarious foul situations, some touch ticky tack calls early on, then swallowing the whistle late. Uh, Chris Middleton's forty points though. I mean that that really was the difference in the game. He catapulted uh, the Bucks into the situation where they're able to get it done. It's amazing. Like Giannis has a huge block. On DeAndre Ayton, off the oop from Chris Paul, you know people are saying you know it is is as good as LeBron's again. No, I I would say timing and situation mm-hmm. make LeBron's bigger. Technically, was it fantastic? Yeah, he pivots, turns, rises up against you know a guy who's I don't know how tall is Ayton. Is he seven, seven two? Yes, I, think. He, yeah, I mean yeah, big, I was going to say dude. close to seven feet tall and can jump and is super athletic. It, it's a great play. But it wasn't a chase down block in a game seven that your team ultimately won, you know, late in the game. So that, and really, I mean, without that block, you don't win. I mean, it's, the the Warriors are pulling away. So I think the situation makes LeBron's block uh, block bigger. Although it was very impressive um, by Giannis, did a great job. But Middleton was the difference in that game. He played great. Chris Paul did not play great last night. Five for 13 from the field, you know. 10 points, minus 10 on the plus-minus. So not a great game for Chris Paul. And the big thing was, I mean, he just seemed to have a lot of turnovers. And, mm-hmm. Out
2: know, of character for him. It's,
3: yeah, it, it just, it's not who he is. It says five, but I feel like he had even more than that. So, you know, just did not not a clean game for him. I fully anticipate the Suns winning game five. And then we'll see if they, they can close it out on the road. You're going to have to find a way if you want to win uh, – I guess in six to close on the road in the box. They've got only one left at home. So they always say the old adage: it "Doesn't start till someone wins on the road." And we we'll, we might see that happen here. And if not. Well, maybe it'll be Suns and Seven, which is what a lot of people predicted anyway.
2: Bucks 109, Suns 103. Final score in that one. Series tied at 2 2. That series now shifts back to the Valley of the Sun as it goes back to Phoenix. 149th Open Championship being played over at Royal St. George's Golf Course in Kent, England. Mackenzie Hughes, the Kent State alum, Bob, 5 under par through 13. He's the solo leader right now of the 149th Open Championship. Brian Harmon at 4 under par through 13. Andy Sullivan, Justin Harding, Danny Willett all finished up their rounds earlier this morning. They are at three under par Jordan speed, three under par through 13, Louis Oosthuizen, three under par through 12, Bryson DeChambeau. He was two over par earlier on. Looked like he was going to ejector seat, ejector seat himself right out of the tournament. Well, Makes a couple of birdies in a row. He's even par, and now he is on a par five, General. He has about a, I don't know, 25-foot eagle putt coming as well, so he could really launch himself uh, right back into contention. Pretty fascinating stuff happening. Brooks Kepka finishes his round in the 60s. Love the beef that they have going on with each other. He finished with a one under 69. Uh, Brooks Kepka in the last five years, Bob, since 2016, has 40 rounds under par in majors or forty sub six sub seventy rounds, so rounds in the sixties, uh, in the majors, it still boggles my mind how a player like that can just ramp themselves up for major championships. It's really unbelievable. Eight more than anybody else in that time span.
3: Ah, oh, man, he's an elite competitor, you know, and that's, uh, that's not surprising. That's what guys can do when they when they're focused in, and that matters the most. I mean, the majors. I mean, that's what it's all about. So curious to see who can get it done over here. In the British Open, I'll probably watch a little bit on Saturday, Sunday, if there's the right leaders at the top. I don't care, Beam, if it's a bunch of Euro dudes up there. I'm not tuning in to watch. Not a that big nonsense. Rory guy, huh? I like Rory. You know, I barely consider him European. I feel like, he, <laughs> I feel like he's so ingratious. I bet, he he, is. I bet he he's been over
2: up. here for a long time.
3: And that's my point. If he got finally wised up and said, "Why would I want to live over there? I'm gonna come live in the U.S. the U.S. of A." But outside of that, I mean, the guys who I've never heard of who are playing Europeans over there, whatever, man, good for them. It's their tournament. I do like the fact that it's in the morning, so I can still enjoy the rest of my day, so we'll kind of see how that shakes out. But uh, very, fairly exciting stuff there. Uh, from the open. It should be another nice sports weekend.
2: Yeah, not even uh, half the field, or more than a little more than half the field, has gone off already today. Last tee time over in England is around 4.15 their time. Ooh. So, 11.15, Bob. Still got three hours to go uh, before the last groups get going off. Of course, Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley, all in the afternoon pairings as well. So, if anything happens over the open, Bryson missed his eagle putt. He made birdie, Bob. Uh, so, he is now one under par. Jordan Spieth, 300 par as well. Just tapped in uh, a nice little par over there at Royal St. George's. Your boy, Mark Pantone, had a pretty unbelievable tweet yesterday, didn't he?
3: Oh, yeah. It was an elite an elite tweet, if you will, beam. Um, and he was out at dinner, I'm sure, with his uh, lovely wife. And let me see if I can find this, beam. I'm sorry, you, you caught me off guard a little bit there. Where, he said, uh, yeah,
2: I got it for you. If you go need. ahead,
3: pull, pull it out. So
2: Mark us. Pantone tweeted this out at 7.55 last night. Now Mark Pantone, recruiting director, of course, for Ohio State, who does an unbelievable job and is one of the best, person, best people at his job uh, in the entire landscape of college football. I think we can all take a lesson out of this. He, t- he, t- he tweeted this out. So the teenage girl sitting next to us at dinner have spent the past 15 minutes deliberating what their Instagram captions should be for their picture. The future of America, American flag emoji. I think that is pretty amazing. Now, uh, you, Bob, obviously are raising little ones. Uh, what What's their screen time cap per day? Or when you go out to a public place, uh, how are you shepherding to keep them away from the well, evils of social media?
3: Number one, none of them have phones. Well, my daughter has like an old iPhone that we let her use but it doesn't have like a number registered to it so she just has iMessage on there so we try to monitor all that keep it all good um, I, that's just, what's crazy about that is he says they're deliberating about it well at least they were talking mm-hmm. about it not simply texting or DMing each other about what it should be because you're all in the same place yeah. so why don't you just use use your mouth and vocalize things as opposed to just texting with each other and even when you're sitting right across from somebody and so that's what's uh it's wild about it but yeah we try to keep the devices out of dinner you know, we don't take the kids out for dinner a lot but when we do i mean we're we're staying off the devices that's it's a big piece of it to make sure that we're not engaging uh there you know that their screen time then I mean, they watch a decent amount of tv but you know, it's not terrible. We'll take it away. They watch all this crap YouTube. That's the problem. I don't mind them watching stuff. They watch stuff. The, Paul,
2: the Paul brothers on the YouTube? I Basically. Mean, are, they, are they into these that? These
3: guys are massive dorks. I want to punch them all in the head. Like <laughs> I can't I can't stand some of this nonsense they watch. Because the problem is being they emulate this behavior. And I'm like, these guys are DBs, man. Like They're awful. They're just Defensive terrible. backs? Not that. Oh, okay. I'm trying to keep it above board. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I can't believe Bodie thought that Schlegs would need a dump button. I will say this about my man Schlegs. I mean, he gets about as passionate and fired up as anybody, but he has an unbelievable ability to control his tongue and not use profanity, especially in inappropriate times. So he, uh, you're never going to need the dump button for him. I mean, thankfully, you know, in my however many years I've been here now, eight or nine. Gosh, it's way too long. Um, <laughs> I've never had it dumped either. This so, is my
2: sixth year. I'm going into my seventh year, Bob. Coming up here uh, later on this
3: fall. It's crazy. This will be going into my. Eighth, ninth—I don't know—somewhere in there. I think this will be my eighth football season. Wow. I would say that's yeah. amazing. Well, now I've worked here longer than I played in the NFL, which is terrible. Beam—that's a very depressing thought that I've slowly had to begin to reconcile <laughs> and like come to terms with. It's—it's it's a bad situation. But back to the the social media front. Let them on TikTok. That's about it, you know. And try to try to limit that stuff so we can develop, you know, well-rounded humans and then i, I don 't mind watching disney plus they 've got these sh- great shark documentaries on there, I mean, we used to have to wait for Shark Week, oh, yeah, and it was just Discovery Channel well, now, like National Geographic has their own sh- competing shark thing, and so you know they 're owned by Disney, so you know they 're going all out, and you can watch it on disney plus so it 's like boom, even better it 's all there for you, so the kids love that i 'm like, yeah, how much better is watching this learning about something? That you can like then use as opposed to watching some dorks play video games and you watching them play a video game and talk about
2: Dad, it. Dad, look how many. Look at their KD. Look at their kill death ratio. Dude, it's on not here. even
3: that. It's the guys talking over it. They have the most annoying voices and they're so animated and so dorky. Well, it just, is National Dork Day? I wish I could, it is. I wish I could send Dwayne Haskins' fiance over there to give <laughs> him one of the one right to the chops with a ring on. Yeah,
2: that was a bumpy situation for Dwayne. Uh, well,
3: if you like it, then put a ring on it, Beam. Yeah, of course, Boom. exactly. But they, you saw on social media now you know their status. Four days ago, Beam they had the the IG post out that everything's working out. I mean, it had the heart emoji with the arrow going through it, so you know that. That's how you know it's struck- They've been struck by Cupid's arrow. That thing is real for those kids. Yeah,
2: they certainly have. I saw something pretty fascinating yesterday from Sportico, Bob. Uh, they did. What they is re-
3: Sportico? Be? Uh, I
2: don't know. I have no clue. So I saw it on the internet. So it's obviously true. Uh, so they they ranked. They had MLS franchise valuation in a re- report uh, for interactive data visual representation of what each MLS team is worth. And I saw this yesterday. Obviously, the crew have a brand new stadium. They are investing in their team heavily. Lucas on the biggest transfer uh, last year, coming in uh, for. The Columbus crew and what this guy has been to the city and what he has been for the team. So it's obvious that they're spending money. You know, they have money dumped into them, of course, uh, with the Haslam family and then Dr. Pete Edwards coming in uh, and saving the team. Built the beautiful new Death Star, excited to go to the game this weekend. So the crew actually rank as 11th, as the 11th most valuable franchise in MLS, Bob. They are worth an estimated $540 million, are the Columbus crew. Now, for example, I went and I looked at the Columbus Blue Jackets and I'm like, surely, you know, the crew aren't going to be as valuable as the Blue Jackets are. The Blue Jackets ranked 29th of the 31st in the league, and this is from 2020, uh, so not new and up to date yet. But their value, Bob, for the Columbus Blue Jackets were $325 million compared to 540 for the crew. I don't know. I found that to be a little shocking.
3: The Crew Stadium costs $300 million. That's true. So that's uh, a lot of the value is going to be derived from that. Um, I mean, the Jacket Stadium situation isn't great. I mean, it's new, but, like, you know, the lease terms and everything, and then, you know, the city, you know, it, it just it bought it out. I mean, it's just a bumpy situation. You know, they haven't had great attendance historically. Yeah, I mean, so that doesn't surprise me. I don't think you could you'd sell it for that. I think they could probably sell it for closer to half a billion. But still, I mean, the fact that the crew – are out projected to outvalue by the jackets by a large margin. Two hundred and fifteen
2: million dollars.
3: I mean, yeah, that's not a that's not a uh, rounding error right there. If it was you know five, 10, 20 million I might even say okay, that's something on the margins you know, it could be disputed. But I guess if someone's willing to buy, you know, the team, like you're getting this brand new stadium with it that's state of the art. You can do concerts and all kinds of other stuff there. So. Maybe the crew are more valuable than the Jackets. I have no idea.
2: Yeah, I don't either, man. I'm very excited to go to the Death Star this weekend. Speaking of the Jackets, Patrick Laine had some fascinating thoughts about his one season with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He gave that to a Finnish outlet. Fill in on that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Discover. There is an accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt eastbound. Traffic is slow connecting there. Also an accident on West Bridge Street at France Road. And traffic is heavy and slow on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. Discover matches all of the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com/slash yes 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: There's a fine line between intensity and insanity. We don't know which side this show is on. This, this is morning juice.
2: Morning juice! Right here on The Fan, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. here on this Thursday edition of the program. We hear Morning Juice brought to you by our good friends over at Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, 823 in the morning, and that sounds... Absolutely stunning. Coming up in our next segment we'll check in with our man from the MMQB Ooh. Albert Breer. All things around the NFL general. What tagged. is today being? it is tag day my friend they have a by 4 o'clock today for all the players with franchise tags on them to get a long term deal done. So we'll see how anything shakes out there. I don't know. I mean I'm not really anticipating anybody getting a deal done. It doesn't sound like there are too many wheels in motion right now around the league.
3: Yeah there was stuff that sounded like you know maybe Chris Godwin was going to get something done yesterday and then you know the prevailing thought is now that it's probably not going to happen so i believe there's seven or eight guys out there with franchise tags that you know having today being the final day to get that done so we'll see kind of where it goes uh from here but always fun to talk about you know teams that are afraid of commitment and would rather rent versus buy i mean it's mm-hmm. gm roughly, rothman yeah gm rothman man oh i'm going to pay you a lot for one season well, yeah you're not What can be early. better than that There's no commitment. No, I'm committed to you for this year. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) You're like, I'm committed to you for this year. You're committed to me for, like... Today and then maybe not tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. It's one year. And if you play really well, you're going to get a chance to get paid even more. And with the salary, what if I get get hurt? And the
2: salary cap is going up too, Bob. So your deal is going to be even bigger next year. We're actually doing you a favor by tagging
3: you. Yeah. So what I always say, like, what if I get hurt? Well, I mean, you're betting on yourself. Exactly. Now, now the the negative, the downside Mm. starts coming out. Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Then all of a sudden, poof, you know. We've got talk about guys that bet on themselves, like DeMarcus Cousins being yep. prime example in basketball, yep. bet on himself a couple times, towards Achilles, I believe, ACL, whatever. Had Hasn't been season. the same player since. Yes. And he's never gotten that big payday. And so they're like, oh yeah, taking a pay cut here, but he'll make it up later. Well, well will you? Do you? I mean, we always have these image of mine where guys outplay their deal and you got Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? And then eventually get paid a ton. Well, there are also situations that happen where performance suffers, usually due to injury, and the guy never gets that big payday, and so... That's why guys hold out. That's why they get upset when they get tagged. Because they want to have that long-term security that they believe they've earned.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll talk to Albert Breer coming up here in the next segment in about eh, 10, 12 minutes time or so. Fascinating comments from Patrick Laine uh, about his first season here with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Obviously traded here during the middle of the season. Pierre-Luc Dubois goes up there. Patrick Laine comes down here. Uh, and so he was talking to his local newspaper, Bob, over in Finland. Amuletti, I believe, is the name of the publication and there were some translated thoughts about Patrick Line and what he had uh, playing for John Tortorella here. He said, I guess everyone should have the same rules, but of course you always hope that you can make the best possible use of your own strengths. Tortorella gave no freedom to anyone. Forwards want to create offense. You have to cheat a little bit if you are going to be a top scorer. This is not possible if coaching thinks differently, but I do as they tell me to do. How do you read into those comments from Line?
3: Well, I read into them where, you know, he parcels out a little bit at the beginning, talking about, you know, being a good teammate and having to play like this. But mm-hmm. you know, if you want to be a great offensive, a great scorer, do you even say offensive player, great scorer, great right? score scorer of the puck. Yeah, that's part of it. There's more to being a uh, great offensive player than just being a great scorer, and there's more to being a great hockey player than just being a great offensive guy. And he has the physical build. He has all the characteristics to be a complete and well-rounded hockey player. He skates really well. He's got a terrific shot. Everyone knows about the great shot, but there's other things that he can do. And so they're trying to lean on him to make him better and roundabout. You do not have to be Carmelo Anthony, a guy that can just do one thing, and then late in his career realize, like, yeah, I need to start playing defense, rebounding, and, and adding value to people. And I can't just be a selfish, offensive, ball-dominant player. I mean, I watch Patrick Leinig take it from red line to red line and go score. Like, he can be that guy. Torch always talked about wanting to make him a power forward, a guy that uses his physical you know, abilities and his ability to skate and all this stuff that he has uh, he has uh, going on, and not just being a dude who's just a great shooter. And so you're trying to stretch those guys. And and when you want to change, it's going to be uncomfortable. Like that, but that's how you get better. It's how you improve. That's the job of a coach. It's to see in you things that you don't see and then force you to go places that you may not want to go. And I don't care if that's John Tortorella or anybody else. Someone who's not going to do that for a young player, they're cheap, they're, they're lying to themselves. There's guys who, when they're older or whatever, like you become established that it's a little bit different. But Liney's not there yet. And believe me, and Tort's had different rules for, uh, you know I wouldn't say different. He had some exceptions, if you will, for Panarin mm-hmm. because of how good he was. Artemi was one of the best skaters in the league, and yeah. he wasn't a big physical guy. So why am I going to go ask this guy to be a big thumper? Because that's not what he is. Yeah,
2: Patrick Kane, six foot five, two hundred fifteen pounds. Different he story than Artemi Panarin, that's who's five foot
3: ten, a buck sixty, soaking wet. It, it's it's a hundred percent. I mean, you're talking about you know uh, Hill versus DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. One dude, hey, we're not going to – just try to block a little bit, but I know you're not going to be a a devastating blocker. DK Metcalf, dude, put this dude – like Schlegs, you're blue-collar and corn-fed. Put (laughs) this dude's junk in the dirt. Like, you should be able to dominate every DB on the perimeter. Well, I just want to catch passes. Yeah, that's cool, and we're going to do that with you, but you have the ability to be a complete and dominating player and a force on every single play, and that's what they're trying to get out of line A. And so I'm saying, yeah, you know, and he always, like, couches it, well – there shouldn't be different rules for everybody, but, you know, I understand the team concept, uh-huh. but, yeah. and so don't, don't give me those buts, because you know what, it just makes an A of you. So, he also
2: went on to say, in your in this general line of thinking, it's spot on. said, I understand tight mold, on the other hand, but all the players are different. I don't even want to be the same as everybody else. I am who I am. I do things the way I do. Everyone should be allowed to be themselves. Of course, you must stay in the team's game system. No, I think wait, it would be yeah. stupid... Not to use my potential, although it's another thing of what the coaching staff thinks. So it doesn't sound like he had a great time here I'm playing under John Tortorella. Now, it'll be interesting when Brad Larson comes in and he gets his hands on Patrick Laine and they go through camp and everything, how he's actually going to develop him. But I'm not necessarily sure the Jackets are, are married to, to Patrick Laine.
3: Laine is unbelievably talented. Yeah. He could be great. Yeah, But he could also end up being just this guy who teases you for five or, five or eight years. And so do you want to pay a guy like that? It's like, eh. Here's the other thing. Like, talk about this. There were times when you weren't playing hard, bro. Don't tell me about being a great offensive, a great scorer. I can handle this stuff. There's times you're not even playing hard. So
2: And that's unacceptable. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're John Tortorella, if you're Brad Larson, you know, anyone in the NHL, any sport, for a matter of fact. You're out there and you're getting a paycheck. Like All we ask is for a little bit of effort here.
3: And so, yeah, and so that's what they're asking him to do, and they're trying. To, and he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. He's a young guy. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. That's, that's the thing. If this dude was, if, if you're talking about someone who's 30 years old and an established vet, all right. I yeah. mean, there's a little bit of a different way to treat it. We're trying to get you to that point and trying to make you one of the best players that you can potentially be. And you can be a guy who scores a lot, and we can have some tweaks on how we play based upon your ability and let you do things because you're skilled enough to do it, but I'm not going to let you shortchange yourself and how good you can be as a total player.
2: Our man from the MMQB, noted Buckeye alum, Albert Breer, he's going to join us next on Tag Day. Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This check of traffic sponsored by Heroloan.com. The accident on the ramp from South High Street to the South Outer Belt eastbound has finally cleared, so traffic there is moving better. There is an accident, though, on I-71 northbound, State Route 161, and an accident reported on West Bridge Street at U.S. 33 eastbound. Plan for a little bit of a slowdown there. Have you locked in and closed on your VA Streamline refinance yet? They're locking loans in the twos and closing VA loans in as little as 14 days. HeroLoan.com, the home loan expert, LLC, NMLS number 1326241. I'm Heather Pascoe for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: Get up, then get fired up.
3: This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice.
2: Morning juice right here on the fan, Brandon being Bobby Carpenter, caffeinating and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Here on this Thursday edition of the program, it's tag days. With that being said, we're going to bring in our man from the MMQB, joining us on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline, noted Buckeye alum, Albert Breer. Albert, happy Thursday, bud. Thanks for the time. You got it, guys. All right, so seven players have until four o'clock today, Albert, to get deals done. Uh, A lot of speculation that no deals are going to get done. Why do you think that is, Bud? Uh, Do you expect anything to happen? And are players weary of this year's drop in the salary cap where they could get more money next year with that going up? Why do you think that is uh, that no players are likely going to get deals done before four o'clock today? I think there are a
7: few reasons. Um, You know, one is, you know, the salary cap and the uncertainty going forward, even now. Um, with what the salary cap's going to be and where it's going to be a year from now, two years from now. Um, you know, and I, I think the agencies players are certainly looking at it and saying, I don't want to deal to look that a year or two um, down the line when things get healthier where, you know, teams are probably operating more in the current conditions and saying, well, there's been a flat cap, so we're not going to give you the inflation. So I think that's part of it. Um, you know, and then I think that there's a little bit more of a comfort level from players in general with playing on the tag. Because we have seen it work out for other guys, where you either play in the tag once, you play in the tag twice, you collect lump sums, and then you can still the end of it. It's not a horrible way to go. Um, you know, we've seen Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, some other guys at other positions benefit from going to that. Tremaine Johnson is a really good example of it. And I think the logic there goes well. Like, let's say for example, like somewhere along the line, you're going to get a four year deal, right? And you're going to get a one year payment on either end of that. If you're a player, are you more likely to collect in year five or in year nine? You know what I mean? Like, so if you collect in year five and then you, you know, get your big contract in year six, now you've in essence double dipped. Whereas if you sign a new contract in year five, you play that contract out, then you get to year nine, you're probably less likely to get what you might have gotten just playing out the tag in year five. So, There's some math in it, and I think, you know, it's just sort of um, the, I guess, players becoming a little bit more aware of how they can put the tag to work for them if they're not completely comfortable with a long-term deal that's put in front of them. And, you know, I I, I think the other part of it, too, is that the numbers are higher than they used to be. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if a number is, you know, 10, 12 million where it used to be six or seven, um, we're talking about a completely different ballgame.
3: So, as we talk to Albert Breer of the MMQB here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline, and and two of the guys I want to focus on, Albert, are uh, two of the receivers there, Um, both Chicago and Tampa Bay, uh, looking at those situations uh, with everything that's going on. Allen Robinson, you know, obviously hasn't had the success up in Chicago, probably due to the fact that, you know, even in Jacksonville, his quarterbacks have been Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky. Um, two top five draft picks that did not turn out they're going to have a rookie quarterback you know in that situation is that mostly on him and probably the uncertainty of who he's going to be playing with in the future and if Justin Fields is really the guy and then looking in Tampa with Godwin is that a situation where it just they might be able to get because get something done next year both of these guys I feel yeah. like have a potential to remain with the teams after the tag which usually isn't really the case.
7: Yeah, I think there's separate situations, Bobby, because for one guy, it's a second contract. For the other guy, he's pursuing a third contract, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. Alan Robbins has already made his money. He got tagged last year. He's getting tagged again. The number's really healthy. Um, you know, he'll make $18 million this year. And so, that, like, I could get my big second contract. And then, oh, by the way, I'm going to make $33 million over the two years after that. I mean, that's enticing, you know, and I I think, you know, if you're on Allen Robinson, they got to put something pretty good in front of you for you to walk away from that. And then you get another shot of free agency next year. So um, I think with Allen Robinson, it's sort of a product of being in a very financially secure position, right? Like where you're sort of holding the cards and unless they put something really great in front of you, maybe your best option is to just play it out, you know, and if you're not completely comfortable with, you know, what the franchise looks like and, you know, not knowing who, you know, for example, who your coach, your GM might be a year from now, maybe you do think your best play is just collecting the $18 million and then hitting the market in February. Um, Chris Godwin's different because this is, you know, just, you know, I think for any player it's you want to maximize what you can get in your second contract. And, um, you know, obviously the bucks had a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that if you're Chris Godwin puts you in a really secure spot here where you can say, OK, like if like this forces the Bucks into a spot where they got to let me go to the market next year, like how sure am I going to have a great year? If you're Chris Godwin, Tom Brady's your quarterback. You're playing with Mike Evans, O.J. Howard coming back off of injury, Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> Leonard Fournette, one of the best offensive lines in football. <laughs> Um, If I'm, if I'm Chris Godwin, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm going to have a really good year and someone out there might be looking to add me because I'm coming from a winning program. So I think for Chris Godwin, um, it's a little different in that it's like, you you know, you want to get as much as you possibly can out of that second contract. And I I think if you're, if you're him, you feel pretty comfortable based on your own situation that your earning power is going to hold over the course of the next seven or eight months.
3: No, it makes a lot of sense, uh, and also you're playing with Tom Brady for one more year, like you said, so <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah, hurt. I mean, and,
7: that's not – I'll say this, Bobby. Tom Brady has made a lot of millionaires.
2: <laughs> Mitch <laughs> Trubisky, maybe not so. <laughs> yeah.
3: that's, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, one more from me here, Albert, and we're sitting here you know, figuring out a couple weeks from the start of camp – Aaron Rodgers has been publicly out there a lot playing golf and around golf, but not necessarily, you know, involved much of the football. They're asking him questions. He's been very ambiguous with his answers, not wanting to commit to anything. You know, Peyton Manning's asked about it, you know, because I think Denver is a, the team that's really locked in that potentially could work. You know, how how much insight do you think Peyton Manning actually has in the Broncos organization and trying to get him? Because he sounded fairly, you know, tepid on the matter at best. And then do you ultimately think Aaron's playing in Green Bay this season?
7: Well, I think the Broncos are definitely in play. And if he were to become available, I think the Broncos are – I'll put it this way. I think the Broncos, the Panthers, the Dolphins, I think there are a few teams out there that have sort of left their options open at quarterback. And I think the potential for, you know, a Deshaun Watson or or an Aaron Rodgers becoming available is part of the reason why – you know, those teams, and, you know, in particular, I'd say Carolina and Denver sat at eight and nine and passed on Justin Fields and passed on a Mac Jones because, um, you know, they're, you know, leave your options open. Maybe you've got a chance to bring in a guy who's already a top-five quarterback. So I don't think Denver's out on that at all, and I think if he were to become available, Denver would be aggressive, and they're monitoring it now. I can tell you that. Um, as for what's going to happen with Aaron, I, I just – I think the reason Peyton answered that question the way he did is because he probably has some insight into the answers that Denver's gotten whenever they've inquired, which is that Aaron Rodgers isn't available. And I think really like what a lot of people miss on this, Bobby, is like people want to compare Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson to Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and Russell Wilson. And I, I just don't think those situations are the same. The reason isn't because of the quarterbacks. It's because of the teams. Houston's rebuilding, Detroit's rebuilding. That's why those teams are in a position where they can say, okay, we don't want to trade away our franchise quarterback, but we can logically like, wrap our head around it. If you're at Green Bay and you've got all these guys right in the prime of their career, guys like Adrian Amos and J- Jair Alexander and Z'Darrius Smith and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams and David Bactiari and Aaron Jones, if you're them... Um, and you've been to the championship game two years in a row. It's not fair to the guys in your roster to trade Aaron Rodgers away. It's it's not the right thing for the franchise. There's just no motivation to do it, you know. And and I feel the same. I think that's why the Seattle situation with Russell Wilson wound up where it did, where they agreed to to come back in 2021. And you know, I I don't think it guarantees anything for 2022 for Russell Wilson. But I think for right now, they're in a decent place. I think eventually the Packers and Rodgers get there. And I, I think there probably is some sort of contract adjustment or a new contract that, that plays into it where maybe they're able to band-aid the situation for right now, get him in, pursue a championship, and then you know we'll see where the relationship is six or seven months from now.
2: I think we'll certainly get an answer about 13 days from now as the Packers show up to camp. Albert, always appreciate the time, my friend. You're the absolute best. Like I said, always appreciate it, bud. Enjoy the day, and we'll chat again soon, okay? All right, thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, our man from the MMQB, noted Buckeye alum, Albert Breer, joining us, of course, here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We're going to wrap things up on a Thursday. Coming up next, Morning Juice right here on The Fan.
1: From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by the Home Loan Experts. Traffic is slow on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. Also watch for delays on I-70 westbound between miller Kelton and the 71 east split. There is an accident on I-71 northbound at State Route 161, so plan for a slowdown there. At the Home Loan Expert office, they're locking in loans in the twos, saving their clients hundreds, even thousands of dollars a month with a simple refinance. TheHomeLoanExpert.com. The Home Loan Expert LLC, NMLS number 1326241. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
1: There's no better way to start your morning. Well, there's one way, but Beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore. You're listening to Morning Juice
2: morning juice right here on the fan final segment for us on a thursday get out of town thursday for the general heading up to gr later on this afternoon you got to stop by founders bud you got to do it i know you're not much of a beer guy but they make some pretty killer brews up there
3: oh i know listen beam don't ever categorize me as not being much of a beer guy i mean i've been a beer guy my whole life Mm -hmm. i'm going to be a beer guy my whole life like that—that's set in stone. Those are facts.
2: Tequila guy, bourbon guy. Are you a gin guy? I know you're a wine guy. As well. Um,
3: I'll have the water fo- Watershed makes a good four peel. Ooh, it is I'm, good. Yeah, I, I'm not a big gin guy, because I feel like I'm eating a pine tree. But the four <laughs> peel—it's got a little more citrus to it, so mm-hmm. it's not as bad. The only thing I'm really not huge on is Scotch, and maybe one day when I'm like 70 and wearing a smoker's coat yeah. and. Or maybe at that point, but just in my it tastes
2: head. like a campfire to me. Now I'm sure there's some other scots that maybe aren't as p. That's a, and smoky not a smoky treat, though, Beam. It is some smoky treats, and you know I like to divulge uh, into that general. So um, make sure you have a great time up in Grand Rapids, bud. Stop by uh, Founders if you can tonight because they do really make it. Nothing I so, like more in this world than a craft beer. It's fantastic. I'm gonna
3: have, I'll have some. You know, the problem is like there's a lot of. I mean, listen, man, I'm gonna be 38. Like I've got to make my decisions wisely when I start to drink. So usually I reserve beers for. Summertime mm-hmm. tailgates, a lot of beach beach activity. Like I just can't sit inside in the winter and drink these 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 just <laughs> loaves of bread. And I'm like, I, I'm trying. I don't want to be rolling around. Like I'm trying to stay moderately. Well, that's fed. my that's my goal. Well, I want to fight off dad bod as long as I possibly can. And so, like, I like being able to. Run and, and go run with the dudes at Ohio State. I and, think
2: I switched straight from, I mean, I jumped the dad bod level and went, like, straight to granddad bod. Well. it's not great.
3: That's that's <laughs> part of it. So I will hit up Founders for you. You know what? i may have, I'll have a beer for you up there today, uh, Be make sure that I, I do check it out up there. Plus, I can get some decent bourbon up there, too. So I'll drive, cruise around. Oh, it's a, such a better
2: find. situation up there in Michigan than we have down here in Ohio. Oh, yeah. It's way better.
3: Let me tell you this, too, Beam. I walk outside today. I'm trying to get my son outside to the kitchen. hmm and we're trying to get my oldest son to eat. You know, In his mind, I mean, he's going to be 12. My like, junior breakfast, he had a piece of toast with, with peanut butter. I'm like, dude, you're a growing dude. Don't tell me that a slice of bread with a little peanut butter on it is like actually filling you up. I, I'm not buying that. I don't believe in. So Courtney's like, hey, how about some French toast sticks? And he's like, I don't like them. I'm like, dude, you love French toast that like we yeah, make what's wrong with the sticks this is a prepackaged stick it's it's actually better i think they probably deep fry it before they freeze them he goes too much cinnamon i'm <laughs> like too much cinnamon what is that saying like oh it tastes too good that i can't eat them mm-hmm. too much cin- whoever said i can't eat this and It has too much cinnamon in it that's not real I, I can't even believe that that is what came out of his mouth i'm like dude i I love you. Like that's that's all I have to say. Because right now your logic is befuddling to me.
2: I mean, it's pretty amazing. The video of your boy trying to eat a hot dog the other day too was uh, oh, pretty gosh, unbelievable. Caleb. I mean, yeah, put that's... up a big fight on that one.
3: Not eat a hot. Take the last bite of the hot dog. I'm like, dude. <laughs> we may... hey, listen, man. There's it's the not people. The, sit,
2: on... the last sip of a beer that's been sitting out for ten minutes. Like,
3: I'll take that too. I mean, I'm going to finish it. Sure. Part of the reason I drink whatever it be, I mean, listen. It's a, I'm not disrespecting somebody. You're to buy me a drink? Whatever it is. Whatever you're drinking, perfect. That's good enough for me. Yep. I'm going to disrespect another human being with that. So, you know, there's times where it's like, I'd rather have this versus that. But you know what? I mean, it's it's all good. It's all getting you to the same place anyway. It's whatever your vehicle you want to hop in and ride to to Happy Town. Sure. So that's uh, how I've always kind of looked at that situation. But yet yeah, too much cinnamon on, a cinnamon on a French toast stick. What, what what have we come to in this world? Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Before we get out of here, buddy, leaderboard update from the 149th Open Championship over there in Sandwich, England. Sandwich. Jordan Spieth tied... For first, the Texan under par through seventeen. He's finishing up on eighteen right now, tied with Louis Ustazen. We're gonna have a great weekend. General had so much fun today. You're gonna be out tomorrow. Me and J. Lou <laughs> will steer the ship. What do you say we do it again on Monday, though, Bud? If they allow, I'll us. do it
3: on Monday. I might even listen in tomorrow. I'll be up. I'll uh, see how you and Jay Lou are doing. Oh, we're gonna be great, buddy. We're gonna
2: preview the second half of the season for the tribe for all three hours long in golf. So it's gonna be amazing. General, have a uh, great trip up the Grand Rapids, Bud, and we'll talk to you Monday. Have a great weekend.
3: Yes, sir. You enjoy it. All right,
2: Uncle Bo and Jay. James- they will steer the ship until noon. We'll be back live tomorrow morning at 6. Me and Jay Lou tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Talk to you then. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center.
4: This report is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. We are accident-free, but traffic is slow on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. I'm also seeing delays on I-70 westbound between miller Kelton and the 71 East split, and on 71 southbound between I-670 and Main Street. At Batteries Plus, they do more than fix phones and tablets. They help their neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra Car Batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw